Happening, everyone. Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I'm joined by Reinhardt. What's up? What's going on? Not much. Just recovering from that full moon. Also joining us this evening, down at not necessarily down to the dungeon. Well, no, he's down there, but he won't be taking too many notes because he's going to be joining us this evening. Grognak. Hello, sir. What's up? What's up? Oh, tanning some hides. Tanning some hides. Uh, I was going to say, I think I think Grognak is bringing the notes up for this one that's what i'm saying he's bringing the notes from the dungeon to to the uh i don't know to the table what do you that you're a dungeon master what do you you know you bring it up to the to the game board is that what's going on so, yeah uh well i don't know i have some i have some hides to tan in, in the sun now that's the, not the sun is out some hides to tan what did your kids do now? yes Oh, no. <laughs> the kobolds. The kobolds. The kobolds brought me some hides. Oh, man. All right, all right. The kobolds brought you some hides, which you must yes. tan. Now, when they say tan hides, it doesn't mean the same thing that, like, my grandmother used to say when she's going to tan our hides with, this, with the rod of correction, right? What do you actually well, do? Do you beat them? It's the skin from the animal, right? You I just, know that. You, you stretch it out. Okay. And you, you try to get as much of the hair off as you can if, it's, if that's what you want. Depending right. on what it is, you know, if right. it's like a beef calf of some sort, then, you know, you don't have to do that, but you're tanning it in the sun and then you're just kind of, you're kind of scouring over it and over it. Uh, are you allowing it, it into leather? Are you, are you allowing its melanin to do its work magic? Um, you kind of just let the sun work with it and you kind of cooking the, it in the sun while you're putting oils over it. But the magical melanin. Um, did cattle have melanin? I don't know. They have Spots, black spots. Some of them are black, brown. Do cows? Do cows have melanin? All right, looking it up. I mean, doesn't chocolate milk come from brown cows? <laughs> Is that why it's so expensive? Because the brown cows, like, they're all sickly and. Oh God! No, we're not doing this. Did you guys see? Did you guys see the video of the gay dude talking about how strawberry milk is vegan? No, it's from strawberries. That's funny. But, I mean, it wasn't. But those they, people get by on Oreos, don't they? But the, but the video, <clears throat> but the video was like you know, uh, construction guy and his friends react to gay guy talking about strawberry milk. It was one of those videos, you know, where they kept going back to the construction guys, like the the rednecks looking at it like this guy's stupid. You know what I'm talking about? Those reactions. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And every time they go back to the construction guys, another one of them has another wise crack. Which is which is where the humor lies. I have I have a confession to make you guys. I've slipped back into Normieville. I haven't quite gone full cipher and been inserted back into the Matrix for the uh, the Blue Pill experience. But I have oh, I, I I hate to say this, but I have been enjoying some Normie some Normie media, some Normie videos. Guys at work laughing at normal stuff that guys laugh at at work. You don't need TV. At first, you know? no. It's these videos. I'm like, these guys are like, John, you got to check this out. You got to check this out. 
And it's, you know, at, at first it's like, hey, yeah, this is hilarious. But after like the fourth or fifth or sixth one, you're like, you're starting to get into it a little bit. You're like, oh, wow, this is what it feels like to have normal friends again. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what it feels like to actually talk about normal yeah. stuff. I'm like, I'm like, where's the Jews? I don't see, where are the Jews in this video? I don't see any Jews. Why are we, why are, why are you laughing? There's no, there's, there's, there's no, there's no black person getting anything bad done to them. Why is this? There's, there's a ball earth in this video. Where's why, the racism? Why are we not, Where is the racism? I can't laugh. This? I can't laugh without the racism. Why is there no race? No, it's like literal normie tier shit. And I, I found myself laughing at it and I felt normal for a minute. Now, now Whoa. that doesn't make me a Christian Piccolini, does it? Or a, or a fat handback. No, no, you're just gonna, <laughs> you're just gonna lose back. your sense of humor, basically. Oh no, am I gonna lose my edge? Will I not be able to cut myself on the edge anymore? Well, no, you're when you dumb. when you transcend the idea that there is an objective reality, you come up with the idea that reality is more fluid. Like we talk about Mandela all the time, right? Yes, but Grognak, you're like doing content, and I'm just no, no, this is making content. fun of edgy boys, but that's okay. I, I'm just saying it, the things my normie friends find funny i don't find as funny i find weird things funny well yeah i do too but but also like the normals like you know like the normal guys are laughing at facebook memes you know yeah and they're like john you gotta check this out <laughs> look no, imagine I, if, I get you it's yeah. like it's like sitting around the smoke deck with a bunch of your buddies and, yeah and, well it was like watching i'm sorry i'm sorry i ran out of interrupt you good no you're fine and and you know, you're you may be talking to us on Telegram, but your buddies are over there, like, oh, come and, come and look at this. Yeah, you just get into it, and it's like, it, well, like this week, it's like everybody's watching Kid Rock shoot cans of Bud Light, you know. And I'm like, look, you guys are mad. I mean, it's cool, yeah. Kid Rock shot the Bud Light, and you know, hey, yeah, America. But I mean, if Kid Rock's mad that there's a tranny on his Bud Light. I mean, you're drinking Bud Light in the first place, dude. You're halfway to being trans anyway. <laughs> I mean, what didn't didn't he bang like several back in the day? Oh, just uh, Jessica. Well, probably one of the Jessicas, but for sure, uh, Palmella Manderson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pamela Manderson. Oof. I'm still laughing at handback, <laughs> fat handback, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's an old one. I don't trust any man that hangs out with that many midgets. Hey, oh, I was gonna say, I was trying to think. I was like, which one of TWP was a midget? But oh no, you're talking about Kid Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> TWP had the midget contingent. They didn't have the midget contingency. <laughs> they just had these little weird looking twerpy dweebs. Like, dude, like the entire contingency that went to a uh, one of the one of the events I was at. Like, like four guys weighed in on a total combined weight of three hundred pounds. That's well, funny. that's just sad. And one of them was four. Yeah, one of them was Michael Aquino's illegitimate moonchild with the eyebrows. There's uh, a I, there's a little person that works at my local Walmart, and they're always looking like they want to pick a fight with one of my kids. <laughs> like, why do you? Has somebody told you to pick on someone your own size too many times? Like, Dude, I I almost died. I was I took a sip of coffee when you said that. When you said pick a fight, I start to laugh. I thought you're like with one of the customers. You said with one of my kids. I almost died. Oh, well, dude, are your kids, kids giving are like, them- hey, you're you're short, you're little, and they're like, yeah, well, at least I can drive. Oh, oh, so your kids fuck with them. Okay, that's why I would want to fight they your kids. They're here. just like, hey, you're a little person, and they're like, well, I, I have rights yeah, that you don't have. You I could gotta, own a gun. You have right. They're like, yeah, but I can reach the top of the counter. 
You know. Yeah, and then in the next few years, they will have infinite more rights in reality than, the, than that person. Sure, but I mean, it's literally like, you know, I, I get it. Like, little people probably get it on a regular basis, you know, and here comes a kid. It's just, I get it. I, I get the whole, like, it's like Peter Dinklage in, uh, in Elf. Like, call me, call me Elf one more time. <laughs> that will always be funny. Dude, Peter Dinklage is my favorite little person. I don't care what anybody says. He was great even before for Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones for me doesn't isn't like isn't where I like Peter Dinklage from anyways because I've watched literally eight minutes of that show total. I yes. watched I, like the first time I turned it on, I turned it on in the middle of an episode. And it was like a rape scene. I'm like, nah, no, fucking halflings. You don't how you can't even have be a half halfling anymore. You have to be a full halfling. Why can't you be a half halfling? Because um, D D is getting rid of all half races well, out of the player's handbook. Because on. in their words, no. we all know half races are inherently racist, so we're just doing away with them. Is that what they said? That's what they said. They literally said we know they're inherently racist. Yeah, they said we all know we all, that they're inherently racist. We all know because everybody wants to know where the half orc came from. Is raped by an orc. Somebody's born <laughs> raped by an orc. I mean, it's. <laughs> You telling me? I mean, we got that me, come on, guys, when I was like twelve. Let's just say, let's just say, you telling me, for example, yo, can't handle that. There was, there was, there was some sort of plenty of fish interaction, maybe, a, maybe a, a Bumble dot com interaction where an orc like actually got swiped on. No, no, it was rape. Well, and that and that stems too from their whole problematic thing about orcs and how they just assumed that everybody equated orcs with blacks. Well, they just equate orcs with evil, and you know. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a so, long. Sorry long. to everybody who's had a half elf main character for the past thirty years, Dude, right? Like, <sighs> well, this is kind of a cool segue because traditionally the idea of an orc is someone like a wild man who grows those porcine-looking face with the tusks coming out of their mouth. Right? So he's like a were warthog, like a beast man. He's like a were wildebeest, right? Yeah. That would actually be really cool. A werewildebeast. <laughs> a what? A werewater buffalo. A we- hey. You don't want you don't want to run into one of them. No. No, you know what would be even worse? A were hippo. I was just that, gonna say that's a that. huge no. <laughs> I was just gonna say that, dude. We watched um we watched this African cats show on it was a no, it was a Disney show. But it was a you know, it wasn't it wasn't animated, so but of course there was there was the anthropomorphizing of the real animals, right? It's like so and so's mother is injured, so she'll probably die. Like that whole yeah, they, they they still get you the emotion in the in the thing. But um Is that the, the one with Helen Bonham Carter does no, the voices and shit? No, it's some dude. It's some guy. He's definitely an African man. That's doing it. He's like he's like got the African accent. I don't know. I can't do an African accent. I was just, but um, the hippo man. When the when the there was a uh, four there's a, a male lion and its four sons were gonna take over this area, and they got to the water and the hippos were like, Nah, yo, y'all can't cross. <laughs> you can't go here. And the lions were like, Yo, yeah. And the hippos like opened their mouths and there was like all kinds of big teeth. And the lions were like, Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah, I'm Hip- a fully grown adult male. I'm pretty sure those teeth are about. Yeah, they're probably about as big around as some guy's hamstrings. 
The, what the teeth themselves? Yeah, they're a good two and a half di- two and a half inch diameter, three inch diameter tooth. That's about nine ten inches long. That's insane. That's one of my favorite animals to show people, like the skeleton of it. And yes, you're like, well, what the fuck is this thing? Whoa. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's the meme. That's the meme of artist ren. You know, um, skull found artist rendition of what it was, and it's like some fucked up looking dinosaur, right? And then what it really was is a hippo. Like just the way all those teeth and tusks sit in the skull, right? Is but then, but then you look at, and then you look at it without any of the flesh on it. And you're like, whoa, that had to be like some sort of reptilian monster. And you realize it's got like these big old fat lips and giant nose and these teeny tiny little ears on top of his big old fat head with six packs of sausages on the back of his neck. I mean, I wouldn't want to piss one off. No, they're one of no. they're literally one of the most deadly animals on earth. They they. Kill more humans than most animals, most other animals in Africa. No, you yeah, really more got than me lions, thinking about more that. than sharks. The, Probably the, the only about. animal that that people are wary of, aside, well, okay, aside from all of them, but uh, hyenas. Oh, hyenas are no joke too. Yeah, yeah, they don't look. Hyenas don't look like something that should be, in my opinion. They look like an undead animal. They look like something on a Resident Evil. In in the D and D universe, they are from a. Uh, demonic god. Like when he shows up, hyenas show up. Right. I forgot who it is. They had yeah, the smell of dead rotting meat and stuff. I can't remember his name. That sound. Yeah. The freaking laughing. Dude, and there was Yenogu. the other thing. His name's Yenogu. You know, you know who? Yenogu. Yenogu. Oh, you know who even sounds he's even a big, better. Though. He's like a big giant hyena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Um, But yeah, the sounds they make. And of course, there's the scene where the mother cheetah loses two of her cubs to hyenas in the night. Oh, it's the worst thing ever. And it makes you sad, you know. But the hyenas in the dark and like they you, you all you see is their eyes. It's so creepy. And you can hear then again, Reinhardt, that sound. That laugh. And it sounds like a crazy person laughing. It's very frightening. Yeah, you hear you hear that just spring up from the tall grass in the middle of the night. Nope. In eight different locations around you. Echoing Knowles, off of man. rocks and stuff. Yeah, Imagine. Knowles in D&D. Right, Knowles. Same thing. Yep. Oof. All right. So speaking of speaking of D&D creatures, creepy crawlies and things, and were things, we're going to talk about werewolves, lycanthropes. Maybe even talk about some werewolf movies. There's been quite a few of those. I mean, I'd say next to the vampire, werewolf is definitely the most popular mythical creature out there. All right, choose one. We got a three-way. What? Who's gonna? Who's going with va- uh, vampires? Who's going with werewolves? With what? With what? Most. You just gotta vote. Which one's cooler? Which one's cooler? Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna vote first. I'm gonna go with werewolves. Well, what's the criteria though for cool? Yeah, which one's cooler? Like I think opinion? I think werewolves are cooler. So I'm glad we're at this episode. I think werewolves are cooler too because I. I I'm an underworld fan as opposed to uh, Twilight. And Twilight I've seen literally zero seconds of, so like I can't even say. But um, no, but even even the the vampire movies, other than Bram Stoker's Dracula, like Interview with the Vampire was kind of gay. A lot of it, you know. Interview of, with a vampire, the vampire. I don't know whatever it's called, whatever it's been Mandela to. Don't don't do that. I don't care. I don't care enough about Mandela. I. 
I agree that Mandela is a thing. I agree that literally nobody is untouched from Mandela, whether they want to believe it or not. And the fact that people don't believe it is just cognitive dissonance. But honestly, it doesn't bother me. That, like, like Skull gets mad about the silver leg. You know, I don't care. Yeah, it was Berenstein. Of course it was fucking Berenstein. We all know it was Berenstein, but now it's Berenstein. You can't do anything about it. You can't prove it was Berenstein. Even with the residue, people are going to say the residue is fake. So like the uh, interview with yeah. the Let's vampire. Let's talk about Silver Bullet instead. Yeah, a vampire, the vampire, who cares? Uh, it was gay. It had Tom Cruise and fucking Brad Pitt in it. Extra gay. Yeah. yeah very you gay. ever see Silver Bullet? Silver Bullet uh, sounds familiar, but then... That was the one with the wheelchair kid with the werewolf. Oh, yeah. No. I didn't. It had uh, big teeth in it. Gary. Uh, Gary Busey. Oh, Busey. Busey. Gary yes. Busey. Now, I made it about 25 minutes into that movie. I was like, nope. It was just that I, came out in the 80s, didn't it? Uh, 92, I think. It was a 90s movie, I think. Yeah. I remember that one being pretty scary when I was younger. I was I was more frightened by werewolf movies than vampire movies. 85. Yeah. 85, dude. No, oh, 85. Okay. Yeah, you're right, Reinhardt. Well, um, I, I just for the record across the board, I agree with you guys. Werewolves cooler. They are. Uh, vampires just seem more um, effeminate and kind of weak and because they have to be sneaky and like suck your blood when you're not looking kind of shit. Kind of gay. Yeah, kind of gay, dude. A lot of sucking. Yeah, little, there, you know, a little, little gay there. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Va- vampires, when you look at them in ancient lore and probably what they most likely are jews jews i'm yeah. sorry what yeah. evil something <laughs> i mean their connections are terrifying that's for sure but a werewolf is just straight up insanity yeah i mean a man well we're, we'll talk about it later like um there's historical records of men uh suffering from lycanthropy and also there is a thing called clinical lycanthropy which is a real um it's a psychiatric it's a psychiatric psychiatric syndrome, but it's a real thing. You know? Yeah. And when when you look at origin wise, when when you look at a lot of the similarities, because there are similarities between vampires and werewolves, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not at the very top, like at the top level, but both of them deal with cannibalism, essentially. Sure. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, werewolves don't necessarily always eat people. True. A lot of times they eat farm animals, uh, other animals, you know. You can't be both, though. No, you cannot. If you've played Skyrim, you can't be both. That'd be cool, though. Could you imagine being a vampire werewolf? No, if you become a werewolf, it cleanses the disease of vampirism. Oh, so actually being a lycanthrope is actually a good thing. I mean, if if you're a worshiper of her scene, (laughs) the daedra of werewolves in the hunt, then sure. Right. That's awesome. That's exactly what you want. But that's, you know, anyway, um, that's from a video game, right? Yeah. Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> we just said, we just said, what are we, we had Skyrim, Elder Scrolls. What have we gone through so far? Video games wise. For werewolves. Oh man. Werewolves we and video games. Otherwise. Mm. See now, now that I'm like trying to think about it, I'm blanking. Isn't there, isn't there like a, just a werewolf themed video game? We're like, there was an old one I played for PlayStation where at the end of the game, the Chicago fire occurs. Ooh. And you fought werewolves. In it. I can't huh. remember the name of it. The Chicago fire. Was Mrs. O'Leary's cow involved? 
No, it was caused by the, like this monster, the monster fighting. You're like a Van Helsing character. I have to, I'll, I have to remember what that is. Interesting. Oh, there's there is one interesting one that came out years ago and only ever got one installment. Hmm. It was it was like a launch title for the PlayStation Four. It was supposed to be the Order eighteen eighty six. Was a very interesting one. Oh. It's really cinematic. It's actually really, really fun. Um, but it's set in like an alternate 1880s universe, automatic weapons, very steampunk. Hmm. And um, you play as the Knights of the Round Table. Interesting. You know, I think you play as Sir Galahad, who who have been kept alive through magical means, and they're fighting this war against werewolves. Huh. You know what? We totally forgot about you guys. Like the number one lycanthrope video game of all time came out with the Sega Genesis Altered Beast the original change into a beast video game like you start off as a man right rise from your graves that's right rise from your yeah you're you're an undead lycanthrope whoa I never played that one the earliest I played was Castlevania Castlevania was in you. You had to you had to get your power ups from from pigs, mm-hmm. from like two headed, three headed pigs. Yeah, Cerebus. <laughs> and- okay, that's fine. That's awesome. I'm I'm pulling up a SNES that's an old, or you, that's like a old Genesis emulator. Like, yeah, it's yeah. A hard one. Yep. Uh, I, I wonder if they'd make if they made an update to Altered Beast. Would it be Would it be awesome or not? They did one back in 2005. What? Looks like. For the PlayStation 2. For the PlayStation 2? Yeah. Released as Project Altered. B- it was for the PlayStation 2. What the hell? This was a Sega Genesis core release. Third person perspective game. Yeah, I guess. It, it looks a lot like a Resident Evil style. I mean, obviously it looks like a Resident Evil style. Third person game mixed reviews with an average score of 53 out of 100. I'll find it and play it. <laughs> PSM3 gave it a 42. Videogamer.com gave it a 5. So werewolves are a staple in pretty much all fantasy. Yes, absolutely, realms. man. Werewolves are. Well, that's the Wolfman. You know what I mean? Like, that's been around. Like, whenever, whenever you think of old. Um, Hollywood movies, you've got, you know, you've got the mummy, you've got the creature from the Black Lagoon, you've got Bella Lugosi, you've got uh, Frankenstein, you got Bella Lugosi doing Dracula, you got Frankenstein, you got the Wolfman, right? And the mummy, you know, Scooby Doo's had the, had the Wolfman on a few times, I'm sure. Wait, did you say the Invisible Man? Don't leave him out. The was the Invisible Man one of the original? Yes, Hollywood yeah. monsters though. Was he's it? my favorite? Really. He's a badass. Mm. He wasn't just a pervert when he first came out. He was just a cool scientist. Uh, really? Yeah, Jekyll and Hyde was good too. Jekyll and Hyde was was really good. Yeah, yeah. Because by that point, <clears throat> um, the Invisible Man had been out for probably what fifty years by the forties. That movie is so old. I look it up, but it, I think that's like from the thirties or Which, something. What's that? The Invisible Man. Oh, we, um, we say we got to stay on werewolves, though. Yeah, yeah, we need to we need to be careful and, and stay, <laughs> stay on. 
Unless we're talking about who the who the Wolfman has fought, that's that's right, legit. Right. And when they don't forget, Boris Karloff played. You know, he played Frankenstein. He played the Mummy, and I'm pretty sure Boris Karloff did. Uh, oh no, that was Lon Chaney Jr. Lon Chaney the Wolfman. Jr., yes, yeah. Lon Chaney Jr. Now that was the one, dude. Uh, the Wolfman, 1941. Now those guys, we don't we don't give these guys enough credit around here. These are some f- amazing actors. Oh yeah, from back the, in the, the 40s old Universal and the 50s. movies. What's oh, that, man? Yeah, the old Universal movies, dude. They're just so good. Mm-hmm. They're really good. You can put them on even if like they're like practically PG. I, I usually put them on in the background around Halloween all the time. Yeah, man, they are compared to what's what you know the gore and jump scares that go on today. Uh, the movies, the movies back then are are so much better. And you can and they, you can really let your kids watch them comparatively. Unfortunately, uh, is that unfortunate? Yeah, it is kind of unfortunate. Like, like the kids have been desensitized. These would have caused nightmares when I was a kid. When I was little, and I saw the first King Kong, the nineteen thirty three King Kong with all the the claymation and all the stop motion stuff. I still had nightmares because that scared me. There's there definitely is a certain creepy aspect to the low detail mm-hmm. black and white very. Ominous but lighting. Everything is a set. You can looking at it now. Mm-hmm. You can tell everything is a set. They're not in the woods. Those are trees that are car. You know, those are cardboard or whatever. You know what I mean? Back in the day, um, but like the Wolfman, like there's a lot of fog, right? And you, you know, and some of that fog is um, oh, what do you call it? Like that uh, oh, like dry like, ice. Not dry ice, but um. Chemtrails? No, it's like the uh, inside of pillows, like the 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 fuzzy stuff. I'm trying to think of the, you know, what I'm talking about. It just looks like it, it just kind of I don't know. It kind of looks like um not foam rubber. God damn it! Never mind. It's, My it's, pillow gas. It's yeah. It's not gas. It's like a solid thing. You know, it's just laying plasma. on the ground. It, no, you're pillow plasma. Stop! 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 stop. We we're gone past it. I'm filling, I'm filling in for DB. Don't. <laughs> I think that's I think that's one thing that Johnny didn't think he had to ask. Yeah, like yeah, please, yeah, we don't need uh, It's going to sound bad if I continue with that sentence. All right. Um but but back to these, you know, it it's truly incredible <clears throat> the acting that guys like Boris Karloff and Lon Chaney, is, Boris Karloff was always my favorite. Oh yeah. Mummy. The Mummy and and Frankenstein terrified me. Mm. really the mummy terrified yeah actually that was pretty because he was the pharaoh too right yes yeah he was in that original one he had been living um he had either been reincarnated or he'd been living since ancient egypt kept alive by magic are you talking about mummy instead of the world yeah i know i know but we are beginning get back to lon cheney (laughs) and uh the werewolf man, Lon Chaney Jr., 1941. They did a 2010 version with uh, Benicio Del Toro. Del Toro, excuse me. He's I liked him in that. That was okay. All right. So since we're still on movies, and before we get off movie stuff, uh-huh. what what is your favorite werewolf movie? Each of you. Um. Like the sca- How about the scariest one, or the one you just like remember the most? Well, I have not seen other than the iconic transformation scene, which I've seen 150 different times. I haven't seen the entirety of Werewolf in London. Uh, I heard that was like the one that was that was really good. I haven't seen the entire thing. Um, what's the one with Jack Nicholson? Wolf. Yeah, it's Wolf. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, none of them are really scary to me. The werewolf movies. I mean, obviously Underworld, because I used to think Kate Beckinsale was hot, but now I don't like looking at dudes. What about Thriller? Does that count? Michael Jackson? Dude, Thriller as a music video actually gave me nightmares, mostly because I had to sleep in the attic at my grandparents after watching it the first time. My brother and I slept on cots in the attic. Oh, man. So you thought those zombie arms are going to come right up through the cots? Dude. Yeah. I mean, I told you about the, the Friday the 13th thing, right? I used to have nightmares just from looking at the back of the VHSs when I was little. I mean, <laughs> really? they were scary. I had to go look at the horror section, flip them over, look at Texas Chainsaw, have a nightmare about those, you know, leather face chasing me around with a right. chainsaw. I never yeah. even saw the movie. They looked scary. I, the, I wasn't as overexposed to violence as kids were today. That's what like I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We weren't. And so that kind of stuff was really scary. Like Jaws actually frightened. That's different, though. Like That's the ocean. But... um the Friday the 13th with the one with Kevin Bacon uh, when the girlfriend goes to take the shower and he's laying in the bed and the, the arrow comes through the bed and stabs him through the throat, right? That for like the rest of my, I still occasionally sleep with my hand underneath my neck. I was going to say, do you have an under the bed right now, Johnny? Or is I have an like under the bed the floor. I have an under the bed, but I did not for many years. I have an under the bed now because one of the dogs sleeps under there and keeps me safe. <laughs> so. Jason can't get under my Jason's mom can't get under the bed and stab me through the throat with an arrow. Okay. <laughs> that was dude. Of, He'll also keep Howie Mandel from coming up under your bed. Oh God. What was the movie was that? That was uh <laughs> Little Monsters. Little Monsters, yeah. Howie Mandel oh and like that God. blue that blue clay makeup. Bull. It looked really weird. All right, back to back to werewolves. Um Yeah, I don't think werewolf movies are scary though. You know, what was the deal? What was the deal with uh? There was the, there was the Twilight, was the vampires, and what was the what was the va- uh, the werewolf movies that came out after Twilight? Well, werewolves were like the werewolves were in Twilight too. There was always that like Team Bella, Team or Team Jacob, Team Edward. But didn't they have they like the, they were the engines? Yes, right. But didn't they have like a separate movie made about them too? Or was it just like Twilight Three, the the uh, the werewolves part? Uh, no, I think it was just the four or five films that they did for all the books. Okay. Never mind them. But they're present throughout like the entire series. Okay. So, so I, like this, yeah, there's the vampire side and then there's the werewolf, the lycanthrope side, right? Did you see American Werewolf in Paris? Or is it, I forgot the title of it. They did like a later one with a different title. Yeah, that, that was in the 90s, I think. That was like 15 years later. They brought like kids to raves underground in like catacomb style like places in Paris and the werewolves ate them. Yeah, so it's like Blade in that regard. Oh, Blade did that too, didn't they? Yep. The nightclub and everybody gets drenched in blood. Yeah, oh, they man. did that. Yeah, I remember, well, that was where the uh, the vampires, they, the rave, the feeding, right? They bring normies in and eat them. Yes. It was, it was okay. I mean... What, American Werewolf in, in Paris? Yeah, yeah, it was the the old one is better though. I, I actually better. remembered it being kind of scary. Well, American Werewolf in London is a comedy horror movie, so it also has like the iconic Nazi werewolves 
murdering yes. the family of Jewish people. Yes, yes. <laughs> which is that. which is that's that's the that, that's why we they made action this. figures for that. I never. Uh, it's on my. Oh, if you ever want to get one for Rognag listeners. <laughs> one one that I liked that came out in the last couple of years was one called the Cursed. Is that the one you posted? Uh, oh yeah, you did the Cursed. Yes. So that one yeah. came out like two years ago. Does that I have don't... Nazi werewolves in it? Does it have Nazi werewolves? No, it has French werewolves. French French werewolves and uh, Jewish Romanies. Oh, 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 they kind of werewolves show are up. Are the source they... of the curse? Do the werewolves show up? They long cigarette and they hold there and talk about. Oh, oh, oh. No, but they they all have really good mustaches. <laughs> oh, yes, the mustache. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was like you said, Johnny. A lot of these are not really scary, and and the curse is definitely a modern. I guess you can call it a horror movie because it, it definitely has a lot of jump scares and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it it did have an interesting twist on like canthropy and like where the curse actually comes from. So I thought that was cool. Well, what was it? What was it? They found a set of silver fangs or something. Yeah. So. These oh, Romans was, were like living. Some, there was some broke rapper couldn't afford real gold fangs, right? So he buried them because he was broke. And they're not even. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's these Romanies that get murdered because they wouldn't get off the land of this French aristocrat. Oh, the gypsies. So the, hey, you know you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, you know. And uh, so the ones who survived, they ended up um, taking because apparently they have the thirty pieces of silver that Judas gained for selling Christ. Oh. So they take them, they melt them down into these fangs and, uh, and they bury them and a kid finds them and the creature. Well, the kid's name is Timmy. Timmy, 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 the wolf. Yeah. Timmy, the wolf. He finds, yeah, he finds him. I got to see this movie now, but it was, it was pretty decent. Is he cured? Does he get cured? He does get cured by the end of it. That's so. That was my question. I was going to say, does anyone in any of these movies who ever picks up lycanthropy ever get cured of it? It seems they always have to get killed. Um, this this guy survived, and it did involve silver bullets. Yes, yeah, there's a, yeah. You gotta you gotta watch the movie. Whoa, whoa, as I'm reading this, as the raging beast mauls her, all I read was as the raping beast mounts her. That's not what I what they wrote. Yeah. I forgot we don't spoil rule 34. I forgot we don't spoil movies around here. Yes, we do. (laughs) Han Solo dies. Okay. For those of you that haven't seen that piece of shit movie, Han Solo dies. And so does Dumbledore. And what's another movie that got ruined like that? Remember when Han Solo died in that movie? Like Kylo Ren killed his dad, right? And like that was like the worst thing you could do was put that on Facebook. Is that Kyle? You know, it was like Han Solo dies. Like I had legit IRL friends like tell me to fuck off for weeks because of that. Now the worst thing you can put on Facebook is they're making more movies. Yeah, they're like, that's not funny, dude. And it's true. They're gonna make more. I hate you. George Lucas is just like I told you guys. It's the trouble with tribbles. Oh wait, that's Star Trek. Boo. I'm just saying they're both gay. So is Chewbacca like a from a planet full of like tropes? Chewbacca is a well, I was gonna say Chewbacca is the giant tribble, but uh, he could be a lycanthrope. I mean, he does look werewolfy or Bigfootish. I'd say more Bigfootish, yeah. And they don't change. They're not. They're not like man right. people that change into. Right. Um, they're they're just a species. So if you uh, if you have a um, intergalactic 
werewolf, how would he transform? Would it depend on which moon he's closest to? Intergalactic werewolf. Oh man. Um, yeah. Would he transform into different types of werewolves depending on the moon they were passing by? Like if you just, if you just lived on, if you were a lunar based, um, citizen of, you know, would it always be a full moon? Well, hold on. If if you were, if there was a base on the moon, was it always, would it always be a full moon if you were there? So that's what I'm saying. You would be screwed. You You can't even, you can't even like step foot outside. (laughs) Is that what Chewbacca's people would be? And then they go to some galaxy that has no moon and they just turn into like a hairless man. And they're like, what the fuck? I I don't know about that. I I don't know about that, but. Um, this is a weird science fiction rabbit that right, needs to become a book. Speaking of speaking of French lycanthropes, uh, have you guys ever heard of the Beast of... I'm going to fuck this all up. Gévaudan. The Beast of Gévaudan is a yes. historic name associated with a man-eating animal, or animals, possibly, that terrorized the former providence of Gévaudan, in, consisting of the modern-day department of Lozère and part of haute Lorraine, as well as Auvergne and South Dogourne. I got those right, though. In the Marjorie, in the Margarine Mountains of South... The, the, the Mar, they're now the Margarine Mountains. Of South Central France between 1764 and 1767. Uh, the attacks were committed by one or more beasts with formidable teeth and immense tails. These things had big tails. According to the eyewitnesses, uh, most depictions from the period identify the beast as a striped hyena, wolf dog, or wolf dog hybrid. Yeah, this this one when you look at depictions, it looks more like a g- just a gigantic wolf, which is one of the depictions of werewolves throughout you know, throughout history. Is they they don't always stand on two legs as mm. man wolves; they can turn into just giant wolves. Right, right. But this seems this does seem to be just a giant wolf. Um, could have been could have been several animals doing this, several large wolves. Um, but what was notable about this guy is that um, its tail was notably longer than a wolf's uh, with a prominent tuft at the end, like a lion's tail almost. Yeah, that is interesting. What are the depictions here? It's forcing itself on a woman. And yeah, it's got basically a lion's tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they... So it's a knoll. <laughs> Do they have red eyes? Is there anything about the eyes? Do you notice a lot of these encounters that the creature has red glowing eyes? Yeah, the red glowing eyes is something that uh, you'll encounter quite a bit with these. That's a creature feature. Yes, that is definitely a creature feature. Um, Yeah. They. Oh, go ahead. So I know a guy uh, killed a wolf that was. 31 inches high, five foot, seven inches long and weighed 130 pounds. That was pretty big for a wolf uh, at that time. Um, but that's not as big as the things that they were, that were supposedly eating people. Uh, they called this one Le Loup de Chazé. So. But this, this kind of goes into the, uh, the Loup Garou. Right, isn't that? Yeah, this story kind of got carried over into the quote new world, mm-hmm. specifically in New France, of course. Right. The the, the P is silent. Lugaru, excuse me. Sorry, 
I'm used. I'm used to getting corrected. <laughs> the French pee silently. The, they had a French pee sitting down. <laughs> Have you never heard that? The French pee silently. No, actually, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. a great dad joke. <laughs> that is right, pretty funny. Sorry. All right, moving, <laughs> getting back to what we were saying. Yes. Uh, Luguru. Luguru. Yeah, the Luguru is the 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 French Louisianan dog animal thing, right? Yeah, it's it's what we would think of as a werewolf today. Mm, okay. So Luguru is is definitely got the the man wolf appearance where it's you know usually standing up on two canine legs, massive upper body, big glowing eyes, mm. and there's a curse associated with it. Ah, yes. Now that was the thing is with the lycanthropes, you know, the people who would turn into the wolf, the werewolf, whatever, the the giant wolf, the wolf beast, the man wolf, uh, you were cursed to do so. This wasn't just something that just happened. You had a curse put on you, and then you would transform when the moon would become full or whatever the stipulation would be. Yeah, these are really often tied to the, I guess they call it evidence, that when they find the thing dead, it's always a human later when it's dead. Right. And when, it, when, you, get, when you kill it, with, you know, the, with only certain ways you can kill these things. Um, but when you do kill it, it, it reverts back to being human. Right. And this one's interesting, too, because the, the Lugaroo or Rugaroo, as it's called nowadays in, in Louisiana, um, it's a, it seems to be a temporary spell. It's only like three or four months. They shoot the guy and they're like, Chocolate Blue, it's Jacques. Yeah. <laughs> what is he doing out here? <laughs> yeah. The only, the only way to remove the curse is, well, by drinking another human's blood during that. Oh, it's 101 days. Um, and they would never, they would never want to tell who they are because, well, they'd be killed. Right. They'd be killed. They can never be cured. But this one has a hopeful ending. You just have to, you know, hmm. drink somebody else's blood. Right. So what's with silver? So the silver bullets, uh, silver bullets are what kill, uh, werewolves. That's, they seem to have an the overall theory. aversion to it too. Like, yeah, maybe there's stories where do. people try to use holy items that are silver or silver mm-hmm. gates. Well, the original legend, I think, it actually originated with the Beast of Gévaudan in France. It was the claim that it was finally brought down. I think it was <clears throat> some military man, a general, uh, shot it with a silver bullet, but that was never confirmed. That just was carried forward in folktales went over to germany to england and yeah grognak i think it has something to do with like holy items blessed items yeah as you know from from like a lot of fantasy rpgs silver based weapons usually deal more damage to things like the undead Mm. right or werewolves usually silver blades yeah, it's, I I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, silver bullets. Yeah, why is it that silver? Well, uh, the feature doesn't really appear in stories about werewolves before the 20th century, by the way. Um, so, well, according to... What is it about silver that makes it so special that it can kill a werewolf or other bullets or a stake to the heart? Can't. 
Uh, interestingly, the idea of werewolves being vulnerable to silver is relatively new. Per Wikipedia, this feature does not appear in stories about werewolves before the 19th century. Um, silver has a special appeal. It made preparation for the... Okay, so the idea was that you needed to be prepared to fight werewolves. And silver has a special appeal and made preparation for the fight expensive. And werewolves gained immunity to default modern weapons that would have... What's that? That's ridiculous. This is a plot device is what they're saying. I almost wonder if there's some kind of alchemical, astrological fable that's tied into it. Because the moon is related to silver. Mm. That's what I actually just pulled up. Well, that's the thing is the claim about the beast of Gévaudan was shot by a silver bullet appears to have been introduced by novelists retelling the story from 1935 onward. Hmm. Yeah. And and one thing that people did bring up uh, as I was looking here was exactly what you're saying, Grognak. Um, Silver is associated with moon goddesses, feminine goddesses, and of course you have silver and alchemy. Right. And that different alchemical uh, substances can fight different, yeah, maybe curses, diseases, because it seems that something like a curse. That you has need silver colloidals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need <laughs> buy my buy oh, my Berkey yeah. water filters. Fight the colloidal silver Jones, over Alex Jones. Jones. No, what it is? Well, yeah, you're right though. I mean, so according to the old alchemical tables of elements, silver came from the moon, gold came from the sun, mercury comes from mercury, iron comes from Mars, right? Blah blah blah. Uh, silver was written as a crescent moon rather than a G back in the day. So I mean, it makes sense that a moon based creature, right, a moon powered creature, would be vulnerable to moon metal, right? I mean, you know, it makes sense. Kill all sorts of moon moon creatures with moon metal. Like the Moonanites, yeah. Doesn't <laughs> seem like that's how like rock paper scissors. I love the Moonanites. Speaking about speaking of the Moonanites, I I do have to. Uh, I I was watching Aquatine this week again. I I fell back into watching some normie television and Aquatine Hunger Force, one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. They had a werewolf, didn't they? Um, yeah, they did. They had a bunch of... I have to go back. I'm pretty sure they did. I'm almost positive they did. So. But seriously, though, uh, all the stuff about silver and silver bullets didn't really enter any of the stories until the 1930s, late... Well... Uh, well, it makes sense. It's like the tropes with vampires, too. I, I hate to keep bringing up other, other beings, but tropes with vampires started with Bram Stoker. Right. Or did they? Because the earliest depictions of vampires that we have in modern culture all had stars of Rem Fan. <laughs> exactly. I still think that my one of my favorites is that scene from the Great Yacinto. You know the one, right? The Mexican one. Oh yeah. He pulls out the he pulls out the cross. He's like, "Oh, Yacinto, that does not work against me. All of my ancestors were Jews." And he pulls out the swastika. Hi, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, man, the vampires like. <laughs> It looks like Edward James almost in that movie too, but not, but not really. I mean, it could have been any Mexican with really bad skin. There's so many. There's the scene. I, I pulled it up. It's so great. It is so great. Yes. Where is that? Immediately, he just hisses. Yeah, it's just so great. Anyway, um, Monster Squad was pretty good too. Monster Squad. Werewolves got nards. <laughs> That's right. Nards. I almost forgot that was Werewolves got nards. 
That was one of the first, when I was younger, one of the movies when the Frankenstein guy was getting sucked back in, man. That one brought the old the old tear to the old lump in the throat. You know what I mean? It was like one of those movies. Do, do you guys do you guys get do the movies still get the emotional response out of you at all? Any movie? Any I don't movie, care. Like not not just vampire movies? No, I mean no. Like when I was a kid, E. T. made me cry, right? When I was a little kid, because it was sad, right? They they did it. There was a lot of MK Ultra, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, trauma based mind control going on in that movie. And it was definitely like the Disney movies. They manipulate you. You know, what I mean, the, like the the emotional manipulation of movies. Do you guys get that at all? Do you guys still get that, or did you ever? Uh, I definitely feel, still feel something in some of the sprawling sprawling shots and awesome dialogue in Lord of the Rings films. Oh man, when he cries about his son. Who? What? Which scene? When the King of Rohan. Oh, Theoden. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no parents should have to bury their child. Yeah. I'm, you see, I'm like, right. the Chad meme guy with the tear. Do men care about anything? Right. Right. And it shows that scene. Yeah. But, but I get what you're saying. I, I don't. I don't get that anymore. Oh, dude, I used to get it so bad. Like, there's certain movies that, like, I used to not be able to watch because I would just cry like a bitch. It's it's bad, especially like, um, oh man, when I was when I was first going through like when I, we had first gotten divorced and I was like Nemo even right, it's like my dad fought a shark. I heard he fought two, and it's like oh, or three or whatever the fuck it is, and it's just like that's the greatest dad in the history of the world. <laughs> and you're crying because you know, you're an idiot. My wife would still get that. I your still wife? get emotional. Too your, okay, you, no, your wife crying at the movie. I'm talking about you, dude. I, I wouldn't cry now. No, no, I don't get that much anymore. Yeah, like now, now I don't. I'm. I forgot what movie it was. I was watching, and it was a scene. Uh, we were watching some uh, some '90s movie. Remember, I told you we were, we went through a little spiel where my son wanted to watch a couple '90s movies, so we let him. And after the second one, we're like, "You're not watching any more '90s movies. These are all terrible, <laughs> degenerate. The '90s movies are the worst." Right? Uh, it was Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Was like, the, the, it was like that was the cutoff. Like that is bad. It, like. The, the movie opens with a blowjob scene. It's like really, I couldn't, I couldn't stand that movie. Yeah. Hey, remember that part in Ghostbusters where Dan Aykroyd gets a blowjob from a ghost? I mean, eighties movies weren't much better, but like it wasn't the entire movie, <laughs> and I didn't know that until I didn't <laughs> know that you're saying that. That was in Ghostbusters two. No, that was the first one. Was it? Yep. I was I was the first one I thought, and it's because that was PG, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they got away with the PG. Yeah, movies like that were PG. Like you take <laughs> yes. your kids to go see yep. stuff like that. Well, yeah, but it was because it was only innuendo. And it didn't actually show anything. Anyways, back to whatever. Back to yeah. We're not talking about crying at movies. We're talking about werewolf <laughs> movies. God, got well, how real do, how gay do here, Teen real Wolf quick. Talking about werewolf Dude, movies, Teen Wolf. Now, not only did that, not only did that spawn some of the most uh, derivative sock names in all of the, the dissident right, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a pretty cheesy movie, series of movies. It had Michael J. Fox in it, you know. Um, it was your typical cheesy '80s movie, and. Where the nerdy kid becomes the cool kid at the end because of his deformity. Wasn't there like basketball in that? Yeah, like when he was the teen wolf, he could dunk. 
you know, he was fast like an animal, and he had he had the cat like agility of a wolf. Apparently, wolves have a cat like agility. Apparently, but yeah, that was that one. And he and he surfed on and he van surfed right. That's where he got. Dude, I wonder how many. I wonder how many teenagers like are para and quadriplegics or even dead from trying to do that thing from the van surfing scene in Teen Wolf. It was the original stupid TikTok dance. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. The original Tide Pod thing. I wonder <sighs> if that gets rid of werewolves. What? Making me to Tide Pod. Hmm. All right, we need to try it. I mean, I have, a, I have, a, I have a new challenge. What's that? Ready? It's called Jump for Trump. Whether you want Trump to become president or you hate him, you should protest it by jumping off a building. While someone is filming a TikTok video right beneath you? Yes, jump wow. for Trump. Why? Hashtag. Hashtag jump, jump for, Trump. for pound, Yeah, pound Trump jump for No, we're not doing that. We're not, no, we're not saying that. This this commercial is brought to you by... No. So, Team yeah, Wolf. so ni- 1930. 1930 is the first uh, appearance of the Silver Bullet. Well, some authors assert that the werewolf's supposed vulnerability to silver dates back to the, that's the Beast of Jibazon. But, yeah, I mean, did they have, in 1767, did they have guns that they could load with silver bullets? Wouldn't it have been just a, like a, a like a flintlock with a ball? Silver is too soft to be a bullet. Okay, I'm just gonna. Yeah, it, it you wouldn't be able to have a pure silver bullet. There's um, a reason you shoot with lead. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's not much more malleable than lead, though, is it? I mean, like, what is it on the hardness scale? How much softer than lead is it? On the Mohs. On the Mohs, yeah. I'll check if you want, but it's yeah. it's a, it's way lower than lead. Is it? <laughs> so, I mean. Because I yeah, know lead. Well, I lead mean, is pretty. Lead is pretty freaking soft. That's why I'm asking. I don't. I don't know because because I don't. I don't hoard that's true. silver. I think they are close. Oh look. I don't but hoard silver. I'm not a, a boomer. I'm not a boomer. I don't own a bunch of silver. I didn't buy so silver I, when crypto. Uh, when you make solder, usually you add tin, uh, like tin soldering, which mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. just slang for sheet metal nowadays. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you're soldering, you usually add silver to soften it up. So, I'll look. But either way, some of these beings have been killed before and not by silver bullets. Right. That's the, yeah. That's the thing is the silver bullets thing is is just a, a a new thing. Yeah, but they can be killed it seems. Okay, so lead is, okay, lead is 10% higher density than silver. So it's uh, silver is less malleable than lead and falls between lead and copper. It's uh, 2.5 compared to um, 1.5, which is lead. Okay. Copper is 3.0. Interesting. But yeah. a silver bullet will accept the rifling of a gun barrel. It is soft. It just won't penetrate as far. So it would, it would, I, I guess it would be kind of uh, like a, um, like a hollow point 
you know, without actually being hollow, it would it would spread out more than a lead bullet. I mean, in the 1700s, you're using a, a ball, right? That's so. what I'm saying. It would be so it would be a silver ball, which would flatten out better, being softer. Yeah, if it could break through the skin, that sucker would flatten out and probably act like a little mini frisbee of death. Right, something like that. Uh, yeah, that would. That's what maybe the silver bullet might actually not be bad as a ball, but um, hmm. they're not as accurate. Actually, they did some testing. Check this out. Ballistics effectiveness between lead and uh, silver bullets. This so, is what the listeners need to know right here. Well, Mythbusters did a thing on it, right? They uh, 250 grain lead slug and a 45 caliber Colt long shell versus a lighter 190 grain silver slug. Uh, silver bullets are less accurate than lead bullets when fired from an M1 Garand. Um, custom will make sure the sizes of the bullets were comparable. He fired them. The silver bullets were slightly slower and less accurate. Because, yeah, they're softer, so... So you you would definitely want to be at a at a closer range. Yes, you, they're definitely. Well, if you're shooting a werewolf, I mean, yeah, you're gonna probably need to be up close. I'm I'm just gonna need to scrap that and go with the second source because Jamie thinks we went to the moon. Well, this wasn't necessarily Jamie. This was uh, Michael Briggs, the other guy, I guess. Hmm. I wonder if there's any stock in Mythbusters. Mythbusters. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Okay, that was what the problem was. The silver bullet. The reason. Okay, so they said that the, the results were cannot be considered conclusive because the show. That's what they did. Because the show utilized a 250 grain lead slug versus 190 grain silver slug. So you're looking at uh, 60 grains difference, right? It's 16 grams versus 12 grams. So you're looking at a four gram difference in weight. So you really can't. That's, that's you know, that's not really a, a good, fair comparison. But but the other guy, uh, the Michael Briggs guy, that was the, that was the Mythbusters. So Mythbusters, of course, weighted their um, their little comparison so that it came out with the with the results that they wanted, because that's what always happens. If you ever watch Mythbusters, really, really pay attention. They, they, they are telling you that they're cheating the whole time. Yep, and they're getting the yeah they're getting they were excuse me they film uh, in Alameda and I actually uh, I went to their when I was in California I went to their uh, to their studio or their outdoor area and watched them film some stuff a couple times it's kind of cool you can see them you can see them do like the car stuff they like that big that big area because it used to be an Air Force base or something there that would be kind of cool yeah it's cool I and mean, people go out there and watch them there's a vodka distillery. Right there, and there's a big outdoor seating area, and the guys from MythBusters will be doing stuff behind there, so people will be sitting out there watching them for free. It's kind of cool if you're into that kind of thing. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so uh, silver bullets, probably not a real thing. Probably not a real thing. Just a just a Hollywood, uh, just a little Hollywood uh, attachment to to the lore of the werewolf. So how do what's how do you Best survival werewolf. Then you don't. <laughs> you just make sure you're friends with everybody in your village, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Just in case he's make, the guy. Just make sure that you're the one everybody likes. Like it's like the guy at the office who might come in with a gun one day. You're gonna be nice to him just in case <laughs> he's the werewolf. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, how do you know? Well, how do you know when somebody? 
turns into a werewolf. I mean, well, you'd have to know you'd have you'd have to know about the you know around the the cycle of the moon, and you'd have to be like you know you'd have to see somebody. I don't know what was what was well, in the movies. What I, was, I always think it's funny. What were the giveaways? Werewolf, like in the lore, sometimes it's a guy everyone kind of knows in town. Like in Silver Bullet, it's like the priest or something like that, right? Right. <laughs> like no one would ever know, and he tries to like lock himself in his basement on full moons or something. You get that thing all the time. And then there's the other ones where where it's like uh, just some dude who lives in a cave, like Neolithic style, and he's like, I can't have anything to do with humanity because I'm really <laughs> a wolf. <laughs> It's really funny that there's that big contrast in like the werewolf storyline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and in in history, in one of the earliest stories, like in in Germany, this guy was a wealthy landowner. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew him. Which guy was this? Uh, this is uh, Peter Stube out of Bedburg in the 1500s. Peter, Stube. now did his transformation have anything to do, to do with the moon, or was he a skinwalker? Could he just like do it on his own? He appeared to have been now. Now the general consensus today is he suffered from clinical lycanthropy, um, but he claimed to basically have been a skinwalker. That he had made deals with the devil. He was performing dark rituals. That he had a uh, magic belt of wolf fur huh. that he was given by uh, apparently the devil at age twelve. And when he put it on, he transformed into a wolf. So the devil came. Did he have to beat him in a fiddle contest or anything for the belt? I don't, I don't think so. All right. Maybe the devil just came in and was like, I like this guy. That was just, yeah, the devil decided after giving this kid the belt, he's like, no, from now on, there's going to be a competition. <laughs> I'm not just giving this away this time. That's right. When next, when I go to Georgia, man, we're going to, wait a minute. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, no, you're right though. Um, That's interesting. So he gave it to him when he was 12. Apparently, and he, to him when he was twelve, so he'd and he been, kept up this facade to the public his entire life. Hold on, he'd been. Did I just say you were right? I just realized. I said, "Yeah, you're right," and you didn't even say anything. That would have been like, "Holy shit!" Uh, that was the the ultimate not paying attention answer. I just take it in stride. Yeah, I just realized I did that. <laughs> I tried to. I tried to put something in the conversation there, and I was like, "That wasn't even okay. It's not going to fit." So, had he been transforming since he was twelve? Is that the story? Yeah, that's the story of, mm. that he got this when he was 12. And since then he could, and this is from his trial, I believe he said he could transform into the likeness of a greedy devouring wolf, strong and mighty with eyes, great and large, which in the night sparkled like brands of fire. So there's your glowing eyes again. Yeah, your glowing red eyes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And when he took the belt off, he believed he returned to his human state. And he ended up committing. Wait, so, okay, I already see a hole in this. He was able to take the belt off even though he was in wolf form. How the fuck did he do that? I have no clue. <laughs> have no clue? Maybe, I mean, it's a magic belt that could transform into a wolf. Maybe it can grow with him. Right. Maybe he's just maybe one of those just, twink yeah. wolves. Maybe it just grew. And maybe it did. So, all right, we, maybe we already like, know there's something weird about dogs and wolves and stuff all together, well, right? Because yeah, well, so, dogs see, are all genetically related to wolves, not dingoes, not coyotes, wolves specifically, right? Genetically, supposedly. Sure. I mean, implying, but yes. And that seemed to happen out of nowhere. So, like the evolutionary like standard doesn't really work out if you look at it. There was just like a sudden domestication of dogs. Jason talked about that a little. 
and how like the symbol of a dog is the symbol for domestication that the sphinx is really a dog not a lion and all this stuff yeah i right? believe the sphinx being a dog is a real thing and because if you look at the size of the body versus the head and all the things that were dog headed back in the original yeah egyptian yeah. so what do you <clears throat> wouldn't think, have had a personal you, wouldn't have had a person's head it would have been a dog's head so you know how um there's the story of is it uh who was it? Cerises or she, she turned people into swine, right? Do you think there was ever someone who turned people into dogs? Because it almost sounds like that's what cursing someone for canthropy is, right? It's possible. There, yeah, there is a story that comes from I want to say it's Ossery, Ireland, that Saint Patrick had visited there and tried to bring the gospel to these people, and this town this clan that was there, they served the wolf. The wolf was their symbol. They served a, you know, a, a Celtic wolf God. And when they had attacked him instead, and they went to go throw him out of the town, he cursed them. And they would every year, or maybe it's every month, once a month, I think all the men would become wolves. Right. When the when standing the moon, wolf men, the when, the mo- when the moon would become full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. So, I mean, yeah, that's one story of, of it being cast as a curse. Now, Reinhardt, did you get to the point in Blood Meridian where the judge, where, did you meet the wild man character yet? I have not. So there, at one point you meet a wild man and the judge basically domesticates him almost. So it's almost like a symbol of this. Uh, it almost makes you wonder if, like, if turning into a werewolf, is that really a back to basics and nature and feral thing? Or is it a symbol for domesticating man? It could be. It could totally be the opposite in some cases, right? So Metallica said, "Back to the meaning of life, right? Of wolf and man." Good segue. Yeah, we should go to break actually and play a song. We're not going to play Metallica because I'm not going to get sued. But yeah, we're going to go to break and we'll be back with more lycanthropes. that I killed a wolf. Yes, yes. And now the moon will rise and I'll turn into a wolf. You and 20 million other guys. Look how any of you move. The guy who's the werewolf only changes when the moon is full.
everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny with Grognak and Reinhardt. We're still talking about lycanthropes and werewolves. Werewolf in London. Ow. <laughs> so if you survived so an encounter with a werewolf and you knew, you just knew that you were going to be a werewolf on the next full moon, mm-hmm. what would you do? What would I do? I just asked you, yes. I'd get a really cool leather jacket. <laughs> duster? Back to vampire movies, damn it. No, I mean, it doesn't have to be a duster. That's that's for, like, vampire. I would have a very cool, like, biker-style jacket, right? You know, and I'd be, like, the cool werewolf of the, you know. You're like, I'm not even worried. Yeah, I'm not even worried, right? What about you, Renner? Me and the dogs are going to hang out, you know? Position myself in a red light district somewhere in a third world country. Okay. <laughs> Go to town on some sex traffickers. Oh, I guess. All right. I don't know. I, mean, I make sure I wasn't rather oddly or specific. That's an oddly specific thing to say, dude. <laughs> I've never thought make about a bio it. bomb out of yourself. Yeah, like, never thought about it before. Never thought about it before, but this is exactly what I would do. Like, <laughs> go to go to CERN. <laughs> Right. This is where we ask the important. Well, wait, didn't they have? Didn't CERN do something with werewolves or something one time? Or was that just uh, that was just wolfmen and goatmen were part of one yeah. of the opening ceremonies? Yeah, I thought there was. I thought there was. Speaking okay, so are lycanthropes and dogmen the same thing? Uh yeah, lycanthrope would be the category, and a dogman would be part of it. A type. dogman seems like a a sighting, like a phenomenon. Whereas the lycanthrope is tied to a transformation. Well, it's it's uh, definitely a yeah yeah I would agree it's probably well we're, Shaq, we're we are splitting hairs here yeah we we're definitely splitting hairs I I've heard shaggy shaggy hairs I've heard <laughs> both that there have been sightings of people who possibly transformed. Well, just to make things very clear, a dog man is not just a man who likes dogs a lot, right? No, no. I mean, Mm, no no more more canine looking more i guess overt dog than wolf looking creature is it regional so like the lugaru seems like it's from louisiana where the french people are right right it's like it's like the french people fucked with the native americans or found their uh special magical coat furs or something but I don't like, think it's regional because there are stories of these these dogman creatures. Number one, all over America, especially in places like uh, you Tennessee, got them in Tennessee. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is a hot spot for them. Kentucky, yes. land between the Kentucky. lakes. Uh, well, absolutely. We had. Um, were you on Reinhardt? Right we were talking about the dogmen or whatever was attacking the zoo animals in Kentucky at the. Wasn't the, I wasn't on for that, but I remember that was it the Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky, the Louisville Zoo. What's the city in Kentucky that's like it's got like rural mixed in with city? Is that Louisville? There's like uh, areas of the city that are like partly farms, and then there's and then there's the zoo, which is like right near, I guess, Mammoth Caverns. And there was a cave in, which happened like near, like a sinkhole or something that happened either near or on zoo property, and something was bite it had like killed a llama and some other animal and they had all been bitten up around the head and neck area 
then it had to have been like, you know, either something tall or something that could jump high and, and, you know, if we're talking near mammoth cave, it would have been bowling green. It wasn't bowling green. I reckon. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm not, I don't remember exactly where it was, but do you remember that story though? Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, it was odd. They were talking about how they could have been like dogmen type creatures that somebody had seen in that area. So that's Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Land between the lakes right there, the border between Tennessee, Kentucky has something there. A lot of people have experienced a, mm-hmm. a dogman type creature there. And who knows? I mean, it could be it could be dogmen or species and werewolves are tied to transformation. It could be people confusing the two. Um I posted they, that that picture of the one sighted at the zoo. I posted it in our telegram channel. Little yeah, little preview for you, time travelers. Yeah, there it is. Oh, this is the confessionals podcast. Somebody posted one of those. the uh, the The forest dogmen in eastern France is a little Reddit post, basically. I read it. Yeah, there was there was one. I just posted it because it was more France connections. Yeah, but this is kind of a. I don't know. I was out picking berries and I saw something. What do you think, Reddit? You know. <laughs> I don't know. Literally, uh, no, like literally, said, it's literally like that's literally that's what it was. It's that same area. Yeah. So it's sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, he could have. Well, who was was talking about the uh, the werewolf of Amange. So, right. Well, apparently, it, there's it, a celebration in uh, in June in that area that celebrates the story of the werewolf of Amange. So, in France, werewolves um, are. Werewolves are a big part of um, a lot of local lore in different areas of France. Probably not so much in Paris anymore because I don't think they have werewolves in Africa. But uh, <laughs> if were hippos, dude, were hippos would be the scariest freaking things. I I can't even imagine. Could you imagine turning into a hippo though, and the moon gets full. <laughs> okay, that'd be a serious superpower, <laughs> right? I mean, but like, you'd have to get huge. I don't know. It'd be large, growing <laughs> of your body. Like Shaq could turn into a were hippo. You you would need a belt of hippo skin that can definitely expand. Right. Right. Where you're wearing it. It would have to. Otherwise, yeah, your clothes would just rip off. You'd be like Bruce Banner, always looking for a new pair of pants. Be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um here in America though, whether it's a werewolf or a dogman, there there is a guy who lives in Kentucky who claimed to have shot one and actually killed it, like shot it in the face. Really shotgun. Really read me yeah. that story. Where's that? Um, I don't know. It would be an audio from confessionals. Oh, He's had a lot of dog man sightings. One? Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll have to find that one. If I didn't post it already in content mm. channel, that was some good listening. No, sure. that was the one you did post at confessionals in there. And I didn't listen to it cause it was three hours or something. Oh, this one dog versus dog man was pretty crazy as well. I mean, oh, okay. dude is out hunting with his dog and his dog fought the thing. Um, mm. But yeah, there, there seem to have been a lot of sightings of these canine creatures, whether it's in America or over in Europe, kind of increasing over the past few years. Hmm. Maybe it's just people coming forward. I don't know. You got the Beast of Bray Road, too. That's another one, yeah, the Beast of Bray Road. Um, well, going back, and that's that's all in the same area, too. That's all, what, Tennessee and Kentucky? Well, Beast of Bray Road's Wisconsin. Oh, is it? Okay. so the Beast mm-hmm. of, That's right, the Beast of Bray... This sounds familiar. Did we talk about this on another episode for some reason? Uh, we probably did. Is it a dogman thing? It's a dogman or werewolf, something in that vein, something large and canine. 
No, but I that's... remember I remember us doing a Dogman episode, and I think that's where Beast of Bray Road came up. Yeah, that's probably it then. We talked about Dogman for something. I don't know. We we do a lot of shows. We've done a lot of shows. People ask me, Johnny, do you remember? No. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. I, I probably would. Like, I'll listen to five seconds of the episode, and I'll jog my memory, and I'll remember everything that we talked about. But in, in the meantime, no, I don't remember what we talked about. It's like, do you, oh, do you remember that episode where you talked about skinwalkers? Do you have oh. any idea how little that narrows it down? Right. <laughs> well, somebody asked me today. Well, this is, a, this is a very specific one, so I have a pretty decent recollection of the metabolic theory of cancer episode because people ask about that a lot because of keto. So that one I keep like that one I keep like in the front of the mental Rolodex, the the mental. What do you guys call a Rolodex nowadays? Uh, contacts list. Yeah, your yeah. your speed dial. It's my your favorites. Contacts list. It's my men- yeah. It's it's right up there in my mental favorites now. Okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah. It's not even speed dial. We're past speed dial. Oh my god. Yeah, we're past speed dial. It's just contacts now. Contacts. But um, no, I don't remember what we talked about. You know that one episode where we said the thing. About vampires and juice or whatever. I remember that one. Yeah, but yeah, that was that's, that was a good one. We can always talk about vampires and Jews, but vampire now werewolves and Jews. Are there is there a connection there? I know there's Romanian mythology, so possibly. I was about to say <laughs> there are werewolves Romanians that did somebody shoot. call me? Oh shit! Don't do that, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was mean. We're friends now, so we can't do that. What even just happened? I that wasn't that wasn't making fun. That was that was that was done out of that was that was out of love. Um, we're friends now, so it's cool. I can do that. It's weird. Like there's there there is. It used to be like that Romanian, you know, and be like ah. Now it's like that Romanian. You're like eh. Oh, you're talking about Pokemon. Oh. We're friends now. Yeah, Pikachu. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, you guys don't have to be friends with, but like you know. We've we've buried the hatchet. I'm still gonna make fun of Romanians. Oh, Sometimes you make fun of we, Romanians all you want. She makes fun show. of Americans, so like by all means, like fair yeah. is fair. Fair is fair, I think, guys. I think like three or four shows ago, we started the episode. I said hello to our frenemies. To our frenemies, That's enemies and frenemies, right? And you did say hello to our enemies and frenemies. We have we have more frenemies than we think. We have so many fucking hate listeners, man. Hi guys! Hi, hate listeners! Everybody who's listening to this right now, <laughs> because I because I know you've made it to hour two. Oh, absolutely, Hello. absolutely! This is why we're saying hi to you, faggots, right now, um, <laughs> because we know there are plenty of them. But I saw somebody sent me somebody sent me something from a chat, and I was like, "Look, Johnny!" I'm like, "I don't care." Oh my god, they're still really, really, and it's like, what's that thing? I don't think about you at all. Like we don't got a lot of gamma listeners. We don't. Yeah, we don't go into we don't go into our chats and talk about what people's opinions on things are. Was that we just? I mean, we, you know, we don't have to anymore. We know. So, if you people are still mad, if you people are still mad, if they're the hate listeners are still mad that we talked about the tranny stuff and you know we ruined all your fantasies and now like there's you know, there's so much tranny so, so much public tranny stuff. Well, the reason why there's so much public tranny stuff is so they can hide the private tranny stuff that. You know, is coming to the forefront now. So they got to shove more. They got to shove more f- ridiculousness in your face while the EGI goes on unchecked. So stop buying Nikes and drinking Bud Light anyway. Yeah. First of all, if you're like I said, if you're drinking Bud Light, you're already halfway trans. 
So you, you need to do a little self-reflection before you get mad about Dylan Mulvaney on the fucking that thing. I mean, whatever. Like, what do you, the fuck do you expect at this point? Anyhow, moving on. Stick, back to Stick to Transylvanian mead. Back to Romanian mythology. Romanian. Yes. So the uh, the Romanian mythology is vibrant. And often scary, full of blood-sucking creatures, vicious and fickle lovers in bloody battles, not to mention great and powerful heroes without age and giants who keep guard over the earth. Got to give it to Romania. They have pretty badass folklore, like immense dark forests and mysterious mountains, caves and all kinds. Who the hell knows what goes on in those dark forests in Romania, right? That is that is ancient Indo-European land. Absolutely. Right so that's where they lost the end wives. Right. And that's like where, <laughs> where on the on you know on the, the maps that there there be monsters here, right? That's that's one of those places. But moving on into uh into the, the legends, so they definitely have they they definitely have werewolves, you know. I mean you know, besides Vlad the Impaler, but um what is the? What is, I'm trying to look. Uh, this is all Romanian it'd be, stuff in general. It'd be what? the Pricolici. Pricolici, there it is. The Romanian werewolf. The other name for him is I'm not pronouncing that Verkolak, but this term has been used to name goblin-like creatures as well. Um, there, there's a large, I mean, uncommonly large wolf population in Romania. Um, Pricolici. Pricolici, Pricolici are a very dominant part of rural folklore. They're obviously they're active during the full moon, but they're wolves, really, not really wolf men. Well, some of them supposedly have like the souls of murderous men come back in in them, right? Yeah. So this one is a lot more, I'd say, overtly like demonic spirits and things mm. in the bodies of wolves. Okay. But there is. There's an interesting story that comes out of Romania, and of course it's in Transylvania. Um, but there was a town, I want to say it was maybe 10 years ago, mm-hmm. nine, eight years ago, somewhere around there, uh, that was that the townspeople claimed they were being terrorized by a werewolf or wolves. Um, they had livestock being eaten, uh, people had disappeared, and this went on for a couple of years, and finally they just completely abandoned the town. And it's an old town. I think it was founded in like the 1300s. So it's all very, very ancient. Old Orthodox church there. Um, I think after seeing some videos and pictures from inside the church, I'll I'll see if I can find it again. Um, but all the icons of Jesus and the saints, they all had their eyes scratched out. Um, hmm. Scriptures on the walls and stuff were covered in what appeared to be blood. Um, I think there was something else going on there, but they mm. thought it was a werewolf even mm. today. Yeah. Well, where was this now? This wasn't Romania though. This was Romania. Oh, this was, okay. So, well, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in Romania as far as vampires, the Dacian wolf, Dacian wolf, Dacian, Dacian. How do you pronounce that? D-A-C-I-A-N. Uh, I've been, Dacia or Dacia? Dacia wolf. Um, did you talk? Did you mention the uh, the night of Saint Andrew, November thirtieth? It is believed that the Strigoi, Strigoi, S T R I G O I I. Yeah, the Strigoi. Strigoi. Yeah. So they come out 
they expect to be released, excuse me, um, on that night. So the, the Romanians have several um, legends and much folklore with, uh, with werewolves. But then you have, okay, so then you have the Dacian wolf, which uh, is Transylvania's current territory, right? So you have the Dacian Draco was the banner of the Dacian people, the head of the wolf, the body of a serpent. Draco is an undoubtedly terrifying symbol, but uh, yeah, so the wolf dragon, there you go, the Romanian wolf dragon. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. There's, dude, they are so still steeped in their traditional mythology, like, mm-hmm. and this was even more recent, maybe five years ago, there was a town where an old man died, and they thought that he had come back as a vampire. Mm. People were getting sick. People were having dreams. They were seeing this man in their dreams, and they were convinced. So they actually dug this guy up and burned his body. Dude, Romanians are like that. You know, yeah, they they're like that. When yep. the dude, the one of the guys who did it was asked, of course he was squatting in like skinny jeans and <laughs> an Adidas shirt. <laughs> Adidas like, shirt. Was he wearing a striped sweater and a fedora? No, but he was wearing an Adidas shirt. Yeah, he's wearing an Adidas shirt and jeans, and he had uh, loafers <laughs> with no socks. <laughs> He did not care, dude. He was asked, like, do you regret it? Nope. Nope. And then he, he spent he it. spent sitting six months in prison for it. <laughs> yeah, so back to the Dacian army there. Um they uh they connected this wolf god demon thing with the constellation of the dragon and their supreme Dacian god Zalmoxus. According to the legend, Zelmoxus transformed one of his bravest priests into a great white wolf that fought alongside his people during the Dacian Wars. So, I mean, in Romania, they still kind of revere the wolf. Uh, the Dacian wolf cult is uh, was transmuted by Roman secretism. So, uh, with Draco falling to the sign of the cross, so I guess they just replaced, they just absorbed when they just absorbed that into Catholicism. Catholicism, Orthodoxy, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that turned St. Andrew into, well, that's that's where St. Andrew comes from, I guess. Oh, no. Santandre. Santandre is the master of wolves. There you go. Yeah. So St. Andrew. Like I said, it's. Yep. Oh, go ahead. No, say St. Andrew is the master of wolves. There you go. So. So, of course, he is. Mm hmm. Yeah, this whole area, I mean, all this former Scythian, Thracian, Sarmatian territory, all throughout here is ancient, ancient Indo-European lore and spread down into Greece. I mean, Zeus's oldest identity was uh, Lycaon, Lycaon Zeus. The the wolf. The wolf, yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, it does. Where was the the ancient Greece? Yeah, werewolves date back to ancient Greece. Um, I mean, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, right? There's uh, a wolf or man to wolf transformation. And then you had um, in 425 BC, you had uh, Herodotus described the Nuri, nomadic tribe of magical men who changed into wolf shapes for several days out of the other. Nuri from, from Scythia. Oh, what a surprise. Yep. White Scythians who transformed into wolves. Right. Yeah. Crazy. How nature be like that? Yeah, that's what you said. Uh, the well, werewolf myths became integrated with yeah in in Arcadia, which is Greece, right there. That's where you were just saying, yeah, like Hansel, Zeus, Wolf Zeus. Um, 
in Babylonia, we've got Nebuchadnezzar. We talked about. Yeah, well, I was going to bring up Nebuchadnezzar in just a second. But um, yeah, Plato talked about the Lycaean Zeus. So. The character Socrates. Oh, really? The character Socrates? I thought Socrates. Yeah, I thought we. I thought. Whoa! Plato giving it away. What's that? I thought Plato was on our shit list. He is, but like whatever. But he just he, he gets, <laughs> look, dude. Occasionally, you just gotta <laughs> come on, man. I mean, you know, it's there. Uh, the story goes, Socrates. The character Socrates remarks. The story goes that he who tastes of the one bit of human entrails minced up with those other victims is inevitably transformed into a wolf. Ah, so here's something you just triggered something I wanted to mention. So there's a, there is a belief that the mark of the beast has to do with cannibalism. So some some people think that the thing with the adding of the the mark on the forehead and the hand is just like added on later that that the mark of the beast is becoming a cannibal basically. Well, According to according to Rabbi Abe Finkelstein, uh, we are already anybody who has partaken in McDonald's breakfast is already a cannibal. So I can feel the kuru flowing through my brain cells. <laughs> I know, right? The prions. They speak to me. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, cannibalism and werewolves, that was also a part of ancient world. Uh, you mentioned Arcadia. That was where Lycaon ruled. That's where we get the mm-hmm. name. Well, I mean, it comes from the ancient Greek word, obviously. Well, but hold on a second, real quick. What's the difference between Arcadia and Acadia, or Acadia, as Jason likes to say? So, we're we talking about well, one references the Greek region, right? Okay, and Acadia is an entire Acadia. Acadia. I always say Acadia, but yeah, Acadia, Acadia was. A Mesopotamian Empire. So that would have been where Sargon ruled from. Right. Okay. Well, Sargon. Sargon of Akkad. Right. Therefore. Yes. Not that not that guy. <laughs> not the guy who's actually like the smartest guy on the internet right now. <laughs> or something. Is he still I don't know. the smartest guy on the internet? He dude, being the big brain centrist, he won all the things. <sighs> need anyhow, to fight. We need to find like some Dark Souls level bosses to fight him. <laughs> anyhow. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, like going back to what we were just talking about, what Socrates, the character Socrates said, uh, that he would eat, you know, human entrails minced up with those would, would transform you into a wolf. Uh, Pliny the Elder and Pausanias discuss the, uh, the participation of Demarchus, the Arcadian sacrifice of an adolescent boy, right? Um, when Demarcus was compelled to taste the entrails of the young boy, he was transformed into a wolf for nine years. So something about eating human flesh, but mostly entrails, I guess your guts uh, sends you into the, the wolf thing into. Did you ever hear the conspiracy that mad cow disease is caused by the feed that was given to the cows. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I think that's a conspiracy fact, actually. I think it was probably proven. I, yeah, yeah, it probably is. Well, so it's, it's like, the same thing. So like, cannibalism will make you wild, in other words. Basically, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, will you go through like a lycanthropic sort of change? Possibly. Who knows? Uh, you were talking about Nebuchadnezzar a little bit ago, and uh, we mentioned him. Yeah, we did mention him. Uh, we had Jason on. A couple weeks ago, but um, 
Yes, in the book of Daniel, it says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, excuse me, God bless you. King of Judah came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. All right, there you go. And the scriptures go on to tell how Nebuchadnezzar took the vessels from the temple in Jerusalem and brought them to the treasure house of his god in the land of Shinar. Shinar. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar also destroyed the temple and carried away many of the house of Judah back with him to Babylon. Uh, that's what's known as the Babylonian captivity. Um, interestingly, it says that he took away the house of Judah, not all the tribes, but anyway. Yeah, he he would have taken uh, just the last two, Judah and Benjamin. The others had already been scattered by Assyria. Right. So anyways, um, even Nebuchadnezzar was stricken with madness, and um, he would turn into, uh, you know, he would, he would, he was driven out into the fields and he eat grass as oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagles feathers and his nails like birds claws so basically he just that's like my theory of how Bigfoot was created it's a guy who just had enough right and just went out and rewilded himself just got naked. like Jim Carrey right that the original return to tradition yes with a V yes but yeah the Bible also illustrates how Nebuchadnezzar's heart was changed from a man's heart to that of the heart of a beast so I mean, yes, you know, it was uh, some... It's like saying he's not empathic anymore. Yeah, basically. But, um, I mean, again, it's a biblical story, so you never know if it's allegory or if it's historical. So This is the story after the Jews left Babylon. <laughs> right. So Right, this is right, exactly. But, but like Jason said, it's not like he really transformed into one. It was almost like a mental state. Yeah, well, yeah. which and would so, be which would be clinical lycanthropy, which is the psychiatric syndrome syndrome that involves the delusion that you know that you are an animal. Yeah. yeah. Now I I'm very interested in doing an episode on Jekyll and Hyde soon. I th- um I think it's kind of interesting, this duality of minds concept. And it seems like there's a way that this is spurred by disconnecting the hemispheres of the brain and that it can be done chemically. And I think there's there's a lot of MKUltra type shenanigans that have to do with this. But it Lobotomies, seems like... Like in the whole lobotomy. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, one side of your brain is meant for linguistics and the other really isn't. But if the side that is involved with linguistic capabilities is shut down and isn't accessible for mm-hmm. things like speech, then the other side will fill in. So if you imagine that's done, it's probably done very primitively and animalistically, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's all this uh, talk about your, your lizard brain and stuff. Like maybe that's that other, maybe that's Hyde. You know what I mean? Jekyll and Hyde. Because in the original story, he doesn't actually transform. He's it's a, it's literally like a split personality, like like Gollum and Smeagol. Hmm. Well, we can see in in the modern world with a lot of these drugs. You know, we talked about that zombie drug, and there have been other instances and in other drugs in the past. The whole bath salts craze that seem to do this at least on a temporary level, something that may be able to be reversed. Um. But theoretically, yeah, it could be done using natural means, natural substances. There could also just be, like you had mentioned, Grognak, a sincere change that goes on when you 
partake in consuming of human flesh. And I would say it would have to, it would at that point have to be a conscious decision. Yeah. You couldn't just have gone and gotten a, a sausage muffin and gotten, you know, gotten the sneaky human sausage. You know, you, you have to know you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You Not have to, to make, you you have know, to make the, the choice. The guys, do you believe that? You, you know the, the audio I'm talking yeah, about, right? Yeah. 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 We take well, the gray children and we divide them up. We make them into the sauce, the breakfast sausage. It's like, yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't doubt that that's what, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's it's not something that I worry my head about, especially because I don't eat McDonald's. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Do, so the but when the I do, Americans, I do eat the I do eat the sausage. What? You know the Native Americans? They have a they have a uh, a history with cannibalism, right? Some of the tribes. Oh yeah. So they refer to it as rabbit fever because what would happen is if you try to sustain yourself off of the meats of just rabbit, it's very 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 lean, right? And so your body ends up craving this extremely lean meat that just goes through your system quickly and keeps demanding you to keep up this this uh, routine of, of proteins, right? And so just like eating human flesh, it's almost the same as rabbit meat. I guess in some ways it's very lean. And, or, and it's, in some ways, anyways, the, the Native Americans called cannibalism rabbit fever. So there is this this thing where if you fell into it, it would be like this insatiable, uh, wild appetite to you. It would make you wild. You'd attack men for meat. I don't know, man. I think you'd be hard pressed to find lean human meat in America these days. Well, you're talking about people who survived out in the wilds. These people ate each other. You're talking about tribes who ate one another. Yeah, I, I know. I was just trying to make a joke. It didn't land. <laughs> I, I get what Yes. <laughs> It was. It, no, I, we're, I didn't we're, get it either, Reinhardt. I'm sorry. I was. I've just been. I've just been handed a pair of shirts, um, and one has two cans on it, and one has flamingos on it, and I'm expected to wear one of them. Nice. Yeah. Wear the two can shirt. Well, we're gonna be in Florida, so that's the. We'll be in Florida, so it's gonna be. So so it's gonna be raining. So neither shirt will matter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just change. You could wear both of them in one day. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, yeah, you could because it gets wet. Anyways, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, sorry for that that interruption, guys. You're fine, um, Grognak. I I do agree. I think there's there's something there. It doesn't all have to be on the spiritual level. The spiritual can obviously be triggered by the physical, too. I think there's a, a combination of things going on there mm-hmm. when we're talking about cannibalism, and and well, I do think that making the choice the conscious decision plays a big part in that yeah I, I i agree with that like like i said you can't just be like you know snuck human you know human meat into your food and have it be like ah ha ha, ha you're a cannibal now like no it doesn't work like it doesn't work like you don't have the evil it's the intent on top of it you know um well if it's not if it's not cannibalistic and if it if it really is just returning to the woods and being primitive mm-hmm I, I mean, there is that phenomenon with a with how a, a boar develops when it's feral, right? A pig. The only difference between a pig and a, a boar is uh, the way it grows out in the wild. And boars are douchebags. Well, I thought all I thought all male pigs were boars, anyways. But well, like a wild boar, they they actually change. Like yeah, they tusks, do. yeah. When they're their feral, tusks yeah. will grow out. 
they will they will actually well uh, i mean you're not gonna buy like a adapt. i mean like at a um like whatever they use the american the, the the american pork pig whatever the fuck it's called right you're not just gonna let one of those loose and it, you know and in six months it's gonna look like a boar but no it's it's got to be more of, a, more of a heritage breed would do that i would think i don't think these what? the like the feed porks that the feed pigs that we eat i don't think if you let one of those loose in the woods maybe i don't know actually it comes back it's got an eye missing right it comes back it I've looks like a fucking it, it, <laughs> they call me mr pig <laughs> now what do you guys think about this yeah the um, stories of lions in the african savannah that get a taste for human blood um i don't know actually that's a that's a pretty good idea because there's that there, uh that movie that just came out recently the one with uh what's his name the black uh uh idris elba is it called like beast or something like that? It's about a lion that that uh, its pride gets killed or something, so it goes on a human hunting spree. I think it's called Beast. Oh. All right, so I looked it up. This is just the basic Google answer, but it says although the domestic pig as we know it today took hundreds of years to breed, in just a few months in the wild is enough to make a domestic pig turn feral. It will grow tusks, thicken hair, and become more aggressive. Really? So just take your regular domestic, like pink yeah. food pig, lose them in the woods, and they will physically change. I I think that I think that that right there it means the same with everybody too. So if you took a human and just let him go, just went to go be feral, give him like a knife, you know, not even a raincoat because you need the elements, right? Just go out there and forage and be. Be wild. Would it be six months before you were like lost the ability to communicate with other humans, speak and shit? What do you think? Mm. Would you grow tusks? Would your would your teeth grow into like uh, into a more um, ripping and tearing? Like you know, for eating raw meat, like in case you had to eat squirrels and stuff. I think it would take longer for a human. I mean, there was that Japanese guy living out in one of the Pacific Islands who thought World War II never freaking ended. Yeah, but he was, he was already semi-modernized, though. But like, he wasn't going back into the woods to be wild. He he was Fair. like he was he had just he stopped in nineteen he stopped at nineteen forty one or forty two or whatever year it was that he, you know, what I mean, he had still he had rations and like a knife and a fishing hook and stuff. You know what I mean? Probably, maybe, I would think. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's Japanese fisherman soldier. Right, really so, holding holding on to that. Right, so it wasn't like it wasn't like just going off into the woods and rewilding yourself. Yeah, but a person who doesn't hold on to their humanity, essentially, right? Man, that's possible. I believe that's actually why they hunt the wild boars in uh, Lord of uh, Lord of the Flies. Do you guys remember that? It's supposed to be symbolic of the children turning into wild freaks. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's what happens. Yeah, it was a good book. That's a good book. It is. It is a very good book. Um, I, I, I'm surprised that they're still allowing that. Do they, dude? I don't think they read in schools anymore. They don't even have spelling tests. My kid does. Well, your kid is homeschooled like mine. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, he's online homeschooled, so it's like a combination. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But they still have, they still have, they still have like regular stuff. But um, okay, so getting back to the to lycanthropes. Um, so most of this, um, okay, so there is a thing called therianthropy, 
which is the clinical ability to transform into creatures or animals, but it's still labeled as um, as clinical lycanthropy. So even when clinical lycanthropy is a specific type of theory anthropy that involves human-to-wolf transformations. A review of the medical literature from early 2004 lists over 30 published cases of clinical lycanthropy with only a minor minority of which have wolf or dog lycanthropy or cyanthropy. Dog is cyanthropy. Themes. Canines are not certainly not uncommon, although the experience of being transformed to other forms of therianthropy, such as a hyena, a cat, or a horse, a werehorse, transformation what? into frogs and even bees has been reported in some instances. A werebee? Not gonna lie, if I were if I were born with that ability, I I, I I'd feel gypped. It's like, yeah, I would have been like, why just couldn't I just be like a regular boring ass person? Oh, apparently there's a whale shark, where shark, where sharks, where snakes. The term ophidanthropy refers to the delusion that one has been transformed into a snake, of which two studies have been reported. In Japan, transformation into foxes and dogs was common. Yeah, of course, because it's Japan. In 1989, case study described how one individual reported a serial transformation, experiencing change from human to dog to horse, then finally to cat, before returning to the reality of human existence after treatment. Are you sure he wasn't just like like living out an episode of um, of like the Super Friends where he was one of the Wonder Twins? I really, really was a fan of Beast Boy growing up. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just realized, I thought this was a spelling thing or something, but this seems to be regional. The Rougarou is, um, he's in Louisiana, New Orleans too. Right. So, this is a Cajun legend. Okay. Yeah, Cajun derived from the original French. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So it's probably not like Franco, not like German, German, Germanic Franco. Well, there's are I mean, there's German. You know, there, there's German legends of uh, of lycanthropes. There's let me see uh, the werewolf of Bedburg. I'm just looking at different like regions, right? Oh. So like the the werewolf does seem American. Like not if really. you look at werewolves in 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 Africa, they don't exist. No, it's, not, it's not necessarily no American. It's European. It's European and American. Yeah, because there's wolves in Europe. So, but it, so in Africa, there's only were hyenas, gnolls. Sure. Well, right? because so like, because yeah, but there are were dogs. Obviously, were wolves, were hyenas. I guess it would. Yeah. So this does. The more research that I do, this the more it seems like a skinwalker thing. Well, yeah, it must have to do with the animals that are available to you in the region. No, what do you guys think? Um, I don't know. Anywhere where there's wolves, you have werewolf stories. I think. I think. I mean, you're talking about snakes becoming a snake and shit. Like here in America, no, but that's snakes in America. But like, that's just. Dude, I was just reading. uh, I was just right. No, but I was just reading the (laughs) Wikipedia on the clinical. Lycanthropy, which is like out of the what is it, the DSOM seven? What's it called? The thing I where, think we're on the DSM four still. This is the DS- maybe the five. Whatever it is. The DS it's the DSM, right? That's what it's called. The Yeah. Yeah. 
whatever the DSM number is, that's what this is out of. I'm not, I wasn't like, yes, I was just reading. Yeah, these are just specific cases. And uh, some of them are in Asia, obviously, like the Japanese turning into foxes and dogs because of course, right? But the the snake one, I don't know where that came from. I mean, it's very strange. Imagine a wear camel. Well, right. But like, you know, the wear horse, wear bird, wear tiger, wear frog, even bees, even be a wear bee. And I think the idea of the skinwalker, I don't, I don't know what you would call it outside of the Americas, but this idea of purposefully taking the power of an animal with mm-hmm. specific ritual, with specific animal skins, I, th- I think that's tied in with this for sure. Because think about like the, the people of Ossery, right, that were supposedly cursed by St. Patrick, is they wore wolf skins that was mm-hmm. part of their identity as warriors, as their daily life. Right. <clears throat> they took that on for the power of that animal. Well, yeah, and that goes that's, back. That's I mean, why that animism way back. is so... That goes way yeah. back. Yeah, all the way. I mean, there's a word for that all the way in Sanskrit. Wolf exactly. skin. Exactly. Well, an, an, animism is very, very prevalent. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the way back to the old, old Irish, the uh, old Norse, Slavic, Even, even ancient Egyptian. Pre- yeah. Phrygian. Exactly. Even Which you pull Phrygia out of. Hmm? This Phrygian. is... Uh, Surprised you mentioned that. It was random. The Frisian or whatever. Frisian or Phrygian? Frisian. Oh, Frisian. Yeah. Okay. Warul is the word in Frisian. Warul. Interesting. Yes. W A E R. What's that? Welsh, yeah. So I've never met a werewolf dog man, right? But it seems like these anthropomorphic uh, mm. depictions, they're always bipedal. Is that really an upgrade? Like, is it if you if you're gonna turn into a creature creature man, would you want to keep two legs? Because in some cases, like you said, you just turn into a giant wolf, right? Yeah, giant do you, wolf. Do you think or that's a just horse. a depiction? Do you do you think they just keep the two legs in some of these old uh, pictures because they want to show you that that this it's is a, a human. Man? That yeah, turned well, into the animal. Well, that and the fact that they did wear wolf. A lot of people wore wolf skins as like, you know, that was um, well, definitely keep warm and shit. I'm sure too. What, well, that? and oh yeah, for I mean, just basic warmth. Yeah, but I mean, like going all the way back to uh, what's that one? It's uh from 460 BC. Dolon wearing a wolf skin. It's like an old red figure vase. You know, it's a man wearing a wolf skin. And this is, you know, so, I mean, that's basically men being wolf. I don't know. Maybe it is just a uh, because people were furries before. I don't know. Is this like a furry well, thing? Well, I think both exist. I, th- I think. What, furries and if, lycanthropes? Oh, well, <laughs> I, yeah. But I th- I think that they can turn into a wolf figure. And, oh, mm-hmm. one of the one of the big qualities, too. Uh, throughout a lot of different cultures is men who turn into wolves on all four legs who look like just a big wolf. They never have tails because they're humans. Humans don't have tails. Right. Don't know why. But, oh, right, right, right. That's why um, Curious George doesn't have a tail, isn't it? Well, Curious George doesn't have a tail because he's a chimpanzee. Because <laughs> he was really a man. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Um, Didn't he always have they, a tail and now he doesn't anymore? <laughs> 
I think he's doing a Mandela thing again. No, I know he is, but didn't no, he no, always I have wasn't. It? I, don't, I believe Curious George never had a tail, but I didn't mean to derail you. <laughs> no, I thought he always had a tail, and now he doesn't. But anyways, I don't remember a tail. Um, but yeah, they they also exist in this bipedal form where they still have you know two very powerful legs that they can sit up on, but also they can go down to all four legs and mm. run. That's why they're so freaking fast. Right, right. And and in many accounts of like. Of werewolf or dogman encounters here in America, usually this thing will appear on two legs first, and if it starts chasing the person, it'll drop down to all four. Hmm. So they have the ability to do both. Also, this Greek vase, this guy in a wolf skin looks like he has gigantic breasts. What? Look on, look on the one about Greece. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. It looks like he's got big, yeah, he's got big boobs. What the? <laughs> I think. I mean, this is the future like lycanthropes want. Right. He's got, he's like wearing a skirt and he's got the pointy beard. He's got a tree. What is the deal with the tree? Is he like, is the tree behind him? No, I, I think so. I think so because you the can channel, still see the funny. tree. You can still see the tree between his legs. I hope that's the tree between his legs. But it's got giant boobs. You're right. It does look like he has big boobs. And he's got that pointy ass Greek beard. Um, but yeah, but there's always, I mean, all the way back through history, there's depictions of warriors wearing wolf skins. So that's always been, that's always been a thing. Yeah. Think about the berserkers of, you know, the Norse and the Rus. Um, a good depiction I think was actually in that movie, the Northmen that came out last mm-hmm. year. And these guys would be essentially completely naked and wearing wolf skins and they would ingest either substances or they would have a sacrifice and they would actually in many cases go into like a trance state and they would literally be guys just running around growling and barking and howling like wolves all right this kind of gives new meaning to like raised by wolves what if that's incognito like they're saying that you were yeah, indoctrinated in a mm, group of mm-hmm. "quote unquote" cursed individuals. Well, maybe, maybe I don't know. Um, going back, yeah, I guess you know what this does go back like modern-ish history. Uh, in France, they had their own witch trials in the sixteen in the seventeenth century, um, which were basically werewolf hunts, right? So, uh, they actually wrote treatises on werewolves in uh, 1595 and 1615. That's pretty funny. I'm going to need that English translation. <laughs> right. A teenage werewolf was sentenced to life imprisonment in Bordeaux in 1603. Huh. Henry Bouguet wrote a lengthy chapter about werewolves in 1602. In The Vowed, werewolves were convicted in 1602 and 1624. Um, interesting. Uh, the beginning of the 17th century, witchcraft was prosecuted by James I of England, obviously, who regarded werewolves as victims of delusion induced by a natural superabundance of the melancholic. Whoa, sounds like a sounds like a like the throwaway name for a, uh, a Smashing Pumpkins album. Like if, if the melancholic, if, if Muse, if Muse and and Pumpkins made an album, they would call it the natural superabundance of melancholic. After 1650, 
uh, the belief in lycanthropy mostly disappeared from French-speaking Europe. Uh, they attributed it to just a disorder of the brain, and it is just a, uh, you are just crazy. <laughs> but um, I, I guess a hundred years later, in the seventeen hundreds, uh, that was when the um, the beast of Givoudan was. So they're like, I told you. Every, I guess every hundred years, the werewolves come back to France. It's interesting. Uh, you see, a, you see a lot of these cyclical appearances, mm-hmm. like we're That's experiencing things. in America today. I think. Yeah. I think we're on an upswing of a cycle. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there is a cycle. Yeah, and again, okay. So after that, you know who had the the most vigorous interest in werewolves after 1615? The Holy Roman Empire. Because of course, right? You know, the the, the Romans make sure the Catholic Church gets rid of all the. Whatever that is. Is that, was that more pagan stuff? No, they just wanted to take him into their service. Yeah, I guess. Um, nine works on lycanthropy were printed in Germany between 1649 to 1679. Uh, in the Austrian and Bavarian Alps, werewolves, uh, legends actually uh, in as late as well that was uh, the 18th century but in any case as late as 1853 in Galicia uh, northwestern Spain so a man was Manuel Blanco Roman Santa Whoa. he was judged and condemned as the author of a number of murders but uh, he, compl- he excuse me he claimed to not be guilty because of his condition, Lobisome werewolf. He was a lycanthrope. So he said he didn't do it. It was the wolf. It's interesting. There was actually a kid in Florida a few years ago who uh, supposedly was suffering from clinical lycanthropy. He actually slaughtered an old man and his wife what? in like Palm Springs. Hmm. Yeah, it was very odd. Kid went off to college and became very depressed and said that he was uh, dealing with demons, that he was uh, hearing voices, and that there was spirits that were attacking him. And he claimed that while he was, um, he had this guy on his back and he was like biting into this guy's throat and ripping his throat out, he kept saying, uh, kill me so the creature dies too. Hmm. Or something like that. Yeah, that was just a few years ago. That's I don't remember hearing about that. Oh, it's crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, dude, there's so many, there's so many ancient, not ancient, but uh, older modern history stories. Then they just disappear, right? And the werewolves just go away because, oh, it's not real. They're not real. They're not real. Well, they're probably not. I mean, or are they? But uh, we mentioned it a little bit ago, uh, Peter Stump. He was executed in 1589. He was the uh, the German farmer who was known as the Werewolf of Bedburg. He uh, he killed and he killed children and young women supposedly. Yeah, thirteen kids, two pregnant women. Mm-hmm. They believe he ate a woman because her body was never found. Right. And I guess he wrote. I guess he had a manifesto, but he wrote. Uh, he wrote all of his stuff down. So, I want to see that manifesto. Release the manifesto. It's been five hundred years. 
But he was, yeah, Peter Stubb was one of those, you know, uh, unsuspected by the townspeople. Oh, no, it's just a, no idea who, who the guy was that was doing that. So. Um, werewolves are very sexist. They're always men. Werewolves, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. Hmm. It's only until like recently where they've tried to do like some kind of stupid sexy werewolf babe stuff. Like if you look at all the legends and like based on real life stuff, it's always a man. Dude, they killed him so gruesomely. Oh my god. Usually a curse on a man. This guy Peter Stubb, you know how they killed him? He was strapped sp- spread eagle on a large wheel with red hot pincers. His executioners pulled his flesh from his bones in ten spots. His arms and legs were broken with a large axe, and then his head was cut off. Whoa. And he was burned at the stake on and Halloween. And then, yeah, and then on October 31st on today's Halloween, his body, along with his daughter and mistress, both of which were convicted of abetting his crimes, were burned at the stake. Good Lord. Where was this? Bedburg, Germany. 15, uh, what was the year? 1589 was when he went on, on trial. So... Just threw out the millstone and went straight for the red hot poker. <laughs> yep. Apparently, he claimed he had some magic belt that turned him into a. Uh, um, he had a magic belt too. Oh shit! Yeah, the magic no, belt. This, this is the guy from the first hour that I mentioned. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this is the guy. This is the same guy with the belt. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've never seen a magic belt in those words ever used again. But you can imagine it was it was. A wolf skin. Mm-hmm. Cattle mutilations, women and children. Hmm. Pretty gross. Um, what's this werewolf magic? A new pagan tradition? Oh my god! Animistic oh, yeah, pagan we werewolf cults in the ancient world. Well, I mean that's true though. The Wild Hunt. Wild Hunt recently smoked with Sergeant. Via email, so Denny Sergeant, blah, blah, blah. Most people in the developed world have learned about werewolves from two sources. Okay, well, hang on. Classic 1930 black and white horror movies provide base knowledge. Television shows like Teen Wolf and Vampire Diaries updated that base with irony of the modern world of teen angst. True. Um, nobody really knows, you know, nobody really goes back and reads about, about the werewolves and lycanthropy and like whatever about it. So apparently... Um, you know, in the quote magic world, and the Wiccans and these modern uh, pagans, they uh, there's a lot about um the werewolf transformation. People who watch Supernatural, right, right. Um, <laughs> werewolf magic involves working on the astral or double in a deep the astral body. So that's the double the astral body. Um. In a deep, energized trance state, animistic spirits or gods may aid in this process. First, the werewolf magician has to form the double, the astral skin. Then they has to place the wolf spirit into it to form the wolf skin. Then they can wear the wolf skin. Sounds like a lot of work. Um, oh Here you go, Grognak. This, this is what you were saying earlier. Uh, mm. 
Guy says, this works. This work shuts down the, quote, higher monkey mind upper cortex. Mm. He argues that the shutdown allows the, quote, primal lower brain time to take over. It unleashes the animal self. Well, there you go. And remember, you cannot be a werewolf magician if you are a bigot. Where does it say that? Oh, just scroll up a little bit. Scroll up. It's the section right before the explanation of the transfer transformation. Well, it kind of publication, makes you think, Sergeant had right. women review and vet his books, werewolf magic and werewolf pack. Both were craft elders. One woman was straight. The other was gay. They made changes that Sergeant adopted. He also gave a pre-publication review copy to a trans friend and two gay men in the craft. He said that the process made both books better and helped me open, be open to all people. Wow. In his book, Sergeant has written, if you're a racist, using the pretense of magical or group work to control others or a homophobe or a bigoted in any way, you are not practicing werewolf magic, nor are you honoring wolves who don't attack other wolves due to their color of their fur or their preferred gender. That is the second gayest fucking thing I have ever read in my entire life. Just might be number one for me. No, I've, I've read gayer shit than this, but that's pretty fucking gay. Furries ruin everything. Jesus. <laughs> Sergeant, I'm not gay, but... I'm not gay. Well, t- so like to end this on like a not gay yeah let's do that so even even if you don't really oh my god so this whole okay hang on a second this whole article who posted this article the wild hunt (laughs) it's from it was was me i i said the entire time it's a gay magazine you know yeah it's a gay pagan magazine yeah that is now on my browser history (laughs) (laughs) cia god Listen, FBI agent that's listening to everything that we're talking about right now. I didn't know, okay? I didn't know. As I scroll down on this article, if you scroll down far enough, you'll see the whatever the fuck that is flag. Oh, God. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <sighs> because not only werewolf magicians, but you got to remember the bear community. I mean, I didn't know Owen was that much into homosexuality apparently sergeant thinks the other kin bears furries and leather people big bear are being called to unleash their repressed and ignored animal self big papa bear okay 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 grognak what do you have that's funny and not gay yeah because that's gay (laughs) well i don't know about funny but i was just gonna say like on a on a two two minds type of thing, mm. it just like how you know maybe angels. It's like the the wings on their back like doesn't look like they can really fly where they're attached to, right? So it's just supposed to be a symbol that they're from the heavens and stuff, maybe. So oh, like that, the if, wolf changing isn't really changing. It's just a symbol of the duality of yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So if it's like a duality of mind things, then um, it kind of makes you wonder, right? Like some of us online, we use like a pseudonym. To go online, especially on Telegram, or if you're just not stupid, you should probably not use your real name online, right? Too late. But, <laughs> uh, but anyways, you know, even even you, Johnny, you're not like the same Johnny you are when you get off of the paranormies. You're 
your family, Johnny. You know, we all have kind of like two minds. In a I'm way, still right? family, a lot of us have right now. I'm beating my kids as we speak. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. You, you, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a quiet. Kind of, I think it's that's a quiet an interesting ass thing to, to get into because we, we, we kept talking about um, that we were going to look into the Janus stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the two-faced. Yeah, the two-faced God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there, there is a, there is a theory out there that you literally have two minds working through you. So it's almost like the, the, the devil and the angel on either shoulder are actually like the two minds. Mm-hmm. You I, I, I think that's actually really fascinating and and probably true. Like, do they talk about what are the two brains? Your lizard brain and your monkey brain, or is it lizard? Is it lizard brain, monkey brain? Yeah. Yeah. So if you think about it as uh, one is logic and one is more like empathetic, you know, you have the cold hearted, like calculated thing that's like, we can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Or, you know, oh, that we got to we got to shove this guy off the boat because we can't feed him or we got to sh- get this guy off of the, the spaceship because we don't have enough oxygen for everyone. There's the I was, logic. I was thinking one side brain. is the artistic, beautiful, you know, and the other side is all numbers. And yeah, and then the other side, it, it, it needs emotion, and emotion is okay because emotion is a human thing too. You know, it's not, you know, some people who are against the idea of like fear, they're like, oh, that's that's fear, that's bad. Like fear is a human emotion. Fear keeps you alive. Fear is a good thing too, but you need to you need a balance between your two minds. You need a balance between the that feral animalistic empathetic mind and then you need to listen to your intellect too you know you combine them both in your gut yeah yeah sure drink bone broth everybody yeah make your own bone broth don't well, the, go harvest yeah, the whole don't, deal don't with don't Hyde was he thought he could be a better uh good person if for just a short while he just let the bad one out for a while Oh, yeah, that is the theory. And you just gave away the entire episode. Now nobody has to listen. Well, they better. Well, yeah, this is a threat. The Gammas will still listen. They will. <laughs> the Gammas. I know that's what we call them. I know that's the thing, but that's also the other guy's term. We have the hate ah, listeners, true. and we have the great listeners. We have so many great listeners, but we also have plenty of hate listeners, and you know who you are. Right now, right now, one of them's crying about, yeah. dude, I swear to God, there's, uh, there's all the chats that are not shut down yet. I think there's only one still available other than that little Spurg chat. But, um, I, I, every now and then I'll get a screenshot of them, of the people talking about us. And it's like, we don't even think about you. You know, it's like, why? If you want to listen, just listen. But like, don't hate listen. Hate listening is gay. You actually like the show. You know, you do. Go outside. Yeah. Go outside. Listen to it while you're outside. And be entertained. Is that not the point? Good Lord. Imagine imagine like not being entertained by stuff you listen to. I I couldn't even imagine it. Right? But people do, apparently. Like they hate listening to stuff. They you know, they they, they listen to people they disagree with just to be angry. Ugh. Imagine listening to Ben Shapiro because you disagree with him. Like, I can't oh, wait to hear what he says so God, I can hate him. God, no, I couldn't be me. I can't. I think, I, dude, have you seen the uh, the edits of like Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson together? They're hilarious. Oh, where they do like the the voice AI? Yeah, and but ben those, those are pretty like, funny. Ben Shapiro's at like nine million miles an hour. 
It's it's like you're listening to someone on double speed on Telegram. It is. Yeah, it is. And then Joe Rogan's like, I have no idea what you just fucking said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are funny. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are Somebody great. needs to make a channel of all those. They are great. Oh, man. Um, let me see what we got left. Is there time left? We got time left? No, we don't. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. There is a creepypasta. It will be at the end of this. Um, we're going to see you Tuesday on the Nationalist Inquirer live over on Pilled, DLive, and Odyssey. Come join us. Who knows who's going to show up next week? This this past week, Jack was there. Um, next week might be Fash Gordon. Not sure. We'll see. But yeah, join us Tuesday, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. Two hours of shit posting around the news and um fun stuff. So we'll see you then. We're gonna get out of here. Uh Reinhardt, Grognak. Anything? You guys want to add anything? Um lock yourself in the dungeon if you think you have like anthropy. Definitely. You have like twenty nine days. <laughs> Don't eat the werewolf sausage. Yeah, don't eat the werewolf sausage. Oof, entrail sausage. Gross. All right, we're going to get out of here. We'll see you all later. Full moons make you gay. Time travel makes you gay. Smile, dog. I first met in person with Mary E. in the summer of 2007. I had arranged with her husband of 15 years, Terrence, to see her for an interview. Mary had initially agreed, since I was not a newsman, but rather an amateur writer gathering information for a few early college assignments, and, if all went according to plan, some pieces of fiction. We scheduled the interview for a particular weekend when I was in Chicago on unrelated business, but at the last moment, Mary changed her mind and locked herself in the couple's bedroom, refusing to meet with me. For half an hour, I sat with Terrence as we camped outside the bedroom door. I was listening and taking notes while he attempted fruitlessly to calm his wife. The things Mary said made little sense, but fit with the pattern I was expecting. Though I could not see her, I could tell from her voice that she was crying. And more often than not, her objections to speaking with me centered around an incoherent diatribe on her dreams, her nightmares. Terrence apologized profusely when we ceased the exercise and I did my best to take it in stride. Recall that I wasn't a reporter in search of a story, but merely a curious young man in search for information. Besides, I thought at the time I could perhaps find another similar case if I put my mind and resources to it. Mary E. was the sysop of a small Chicago-based bulletin board system in 1992 when she first encountered Smile.jpg and her life changed forever. She and Terrence had been married for only five months. Mary was one of an estimated 400 people who saw the image when it was posted as a hyperlink on the BBS, though she is the only one who has ever spoken openly about the experience. The rest have remained anonymous or are perhaps dead. In 2005, when I was only in 10th grade, Smile.jpg was first brought to my attention by my burgeoning interest in the web-based phenomenon. Mary was the most often cited victim of what is sometimes referred to as Smile.dog. The being Smile.jpg is reputed to display. 
What caught my interest, other than the obvious macabre elements of the cyber legend and my proclivity towards such things, was the sheer lack of information, usually to the point that people don't believe it even exists, other than as a rumor or hoax. It is unique because, though the entire phenomenon centers around a picture file, that file is nowhere to be found on the internet. Certainly many photo-manipulated simulacra litter the web, showing up with the most frequency on sites such as the image board 4chan, particularly the X-focused paranormal subboard. It is suspected these are fakes because they do not have the effect of the true smile.jpg is believed to have, namely, sudden onset temporal lobe epilepsy and acute anxiety. This purported reaction in the viewer is one of the many reasons the phantom-like smile.jpg is regarded with such disdain, since it is patently absurd, though depending on whom you ask, the reluctance to acknowledge smile.jpg's existence might just be as much out of fear as it is out of disbelief. Neither smile.jpg nor smile.dog is mentioned anywhere on Wikipedia, though the website features articles on other such more scandalous shock sites, such as Hello.jpg or Two Girls One Cup. Any attempt to create a page pertaining to Smile.jpg is summarily deleted by any of the encyclopedia's many admins. Encounters with Smile.jpg are the stuff of internet legend. Mary's story is not unique. There are unverified rumors of Smile.jpg showing up in the early days of Usenet and even one persistent tale that in 2002 a hacker flooded the forums of humor and satire websites of something awful with the deluge of Smile.dog pictures, rendering almost half the forum's users at the time epileptic. It is also said that in the late to mid-90s, that Smile.jpg circulated on Usenet as an attachment of a chain email with the subject line, Smile! God loves you! Yet despite the huge exposure these stunts would generate, there are very few people who admit to having experienced any of them and no trace of the file or any link has ever been discovered. Those who claim to have seen Smile.jpg often weakly joke that they were far too busy to save a copy of the picture on their hard drive. However, all alleged victims offer the same description of the photo, a dog-like creature, usually described as appearing similar to a Siberian Husky, illuminated by the flash of a camera, sits in a dim room, the only background detail that is visible being a human hand extending from the darkness near the left side of the frame. The hand is empty, but is usually described as beckoning. Of course, most attention is given to the dog, or dog creature as some victims are more certain than others about what they claim to have seen. The muzzle of the beast is reputedly split in a wide grin, revealing two rows of very white, very straight, and very sharp, very human-looking teeth. This, of course, is not a description given immediately after the viewing of the picture, but rather a recollection of the victims who claim to have seen the picture endlessly repeated in their mind's eye during the time they are, in reality, having epileptic fits. These fits are reported to continue indeterminably, while often the victims go to sleep, resulting in the very vivid and disturbing nightmares 
These may be treated with medication, though in some senses it is more effective than others. Mary E., I assumed, was not on very effective medication. That is why after my visit to her apartment in 2007, I sent out feelers to similar folklore and urban legend-oriented news groups, websites, mailing lists, hoping to find the name of a supposed victim of Smile.jpg who was more interested in talking about their experiences. For a time, nothing happened. And at length, I forgot completely about my pursuits since I had begun my freshman year of college and was quite busy. Mary contacted me via email, however, near the beginning of March 2008. 